Hello, hello. Welcome into Seb. I mean, through the lens, not Seb's. Today, we'll be playing some classic jazz music, you know, such as Caravan. Uh, you know, some other ones like Giant Steps, like Giant Steps, classic John Coltrane. Of course, before we talk about these wonderful movies directed by Jamie and Chazelle, we'll be joined by co-seats, returning co-seats, Josh Wilbur and Logan Hurston for this episode. Before we get into the whole hash it out about these movies, we do need to get right into the news. But first, I want to ask the listener at home, are you a rusher or Alex? Are you a dragon? Thank you, thank you. Or a bunch of expletives that we cannot say on the airwaves. This is the one we most good. Dis- I mean, we can't. We're not I, going to. I kept writing down those quotes, and I was like, can't say that one, can't say that one. The can't peanut say that M&M one. was going ham in that movie, man. <laughs> J.K. Simmons voices the peanut M&M. He what? <laughs> yeah. We learn something new every day. Well, Josh and Logan, thank you both for joining the show today. How you guys doing? I'm good. How are y'all? Excellent. We're doing we're doing great. I'm emotional. I just finished La La Land like 20 minutes ago. So I was, I just finished a movie. Oh, like 20 minutes ago. What movie? So the reason I was late. <laughs> Here we go. So okay. I, I was I, I may actually made it in in time, but yeah, I was going to be late. I texted Alex early. I'm like, Alex, I'm going to be late. Don't be mad at me because I know Alex is going to yell at me. What actually happened was, you know, I was walking and this crazy car wreck happened. I had to save somebody's life. I'm covered in blood right now. I was holding someone's femoral artery closed, but Alex still yelled at me for being late. That's not true. In reality, I'd finished Whiplash at like, mm, what time is it right now? Two o'clock. Probably about like 2.40 I finished Oh, it. yeah. So, and it's a movie about drumming. It's primarily about drumming. And another movie was recommended to me by Amazon after watching uh-huh. it. No. So, I went, well, guess I got to watch Sound of Metal. Yes. So just finished watching Sound of Metal 20 minutes ago. Yes. And then, like, ran here. Yes. I figured Alex would be okay with that reason. Absolutely. So, it was Davis, just I as good the second I also have a story time. that I was going to bring up about Sound of Metal. Isn't this crazy? Yeah. So, last night, um, I was watching Whiplash, and I was watching on my computer, and my roommate Sutton is like, hey, come out here and watch it on your computer still. And I was like, okay. Because he was studying for a bunch of mechanical engineering exams. And he's like, just put it on the TV. And I was like, don't you have to study? He's like, ah. So we watched it. It was awesome. He's seen it like three times. I've only seen Great it twice. Movie. And then we're like going through Amazon, like, what's next? And then Sound of Metal comes up, and I'm like, I'm going to just play it. Because he's never seen Sound of Metal. And, well, movie's awesome. He has so now like, seen it? No, 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 not yet. Oh my God. I'm like, I'm going to play the trailer, and he's like, I'm going to add it to the, to the winter break list. Because, of course, everybody's getting the winter break list going. What, what do you got to watch? He's watching Breaking Bad over the break as well. He's got a long list of things. Bitter Coleslaw? But- <laughs> Is that going to be in there? <laughs> that was pitiful. I should not have laughed at that. But Sound of Metal, oh my gosh, Sound of Metal. Sound of Metal was just as good the second time, I want to say that. It's, it's just as good about as many times as you watch it, Davis, I mean. Oh, it was so Now, sweet. I'm assuming Josh and Logan, you both have seen Sound of Metal, of yes, course. great yeah. movie. I saw that. I think around when it came out. I think I've seen it twice, though. I yeah, love we watched it for the Oscar, which was episode. around the time because it and the father both dropped like within weeks of the Oscar. Like they were both yeah. very recent because you still had to pay like twenty bucks mm-hmm. to watch the father, which we both did, we which did. was inco- incompetent on it our. Was, I no, think it was worth it. it. Oh, it was worth so it. worth it. Are you kidding me? I'd pay twenty bucks again. I paid twenty bucks. I don't know if I can watch it again. It was that. <laughs> I still have it. Devastating I've, for me. I've, because, like, I will I rewatch will. so many movies and shows, like, via just YouTube clips, and I've gotten recommended clips from The Father, and I will just scroll right past it. Like, I, yeah. it's not, it's not the, it's just sad. Like, it's not, it's not even like Fletcher, who's, like, kind of funny sometimes. Like, it's just, like, heartbreaking. There's no, jo- there's no joy in it. Good movie, though. Should, y'all should check it it's out if you feel inclined. Yeah. If you feel so inclined, of course. It is such a good movie. Anyway, speaking of some good movies, but first, we got some news and we got some trivia, guys. This one, I don't think anybody is going to get this. 
Emma Thompson, who played Professor Trelawney in our Harry, in Harry Potter, which we talked about last week, won the Best Actress Oscar in 1993 oh, for her role in what movie based on a book by E.M. Forrester? Yeah, is that Howard's End? <gasps> Somebody got the trivia! Wow. Yes, it is. That's correct. Very good, Josh. Very good. That's why we have Very you exciting. on. Very exciting. Just answer the crazy Because none of us have had any idea of... You're going to hit me with Oscars trivia. I'm going to get the That's trivia. Tri- so when I saw the Oscar, I was like, oh, he's, he might get this. Oh, he yeah. might get this. Because we, we've, we've had some trivia that have been difficult. We had one about oil a few weeks oh, yeah. ago. Oil! <laughs> <And> exclamation point. <laughs> exclamation exclamation point is in the title. So that is that is the rule, of course. Um, and what a movie that apparently – oh, wait, no. It was because it was – It was based on oil by whatever his name was. There Will Be Blood was based yeah. on is oil. Is Upton Sinclair? Yeah, it is. Yes. I always, okay, always yeah. want to say Rudyard Kipling for some reason. I don't know that, why. They're not the same person. No, they're in not. My mind, they're they're linked not. in my mind. I, look, I acknowledge they're not the same person and I'm wrong, but they're just like linked in my mind. If you say so, Davis, if you say so. Now, anyway, moving on to the news. we got quite a bit to discuss here today. The first poster for DC's Blue Beetle has been released. The film will hit theaters next August with a synopsis reading, Teenager Jaime Reyes gains superpowers when a mysterious scarab binds to his spine and provides him with a powerful suit of blue alien armor. We got any Blue Beetle fans in, in attendance here today? I'd say I'm a Blue Beetle fan. Logan, a big Blue Beetle fan. More of a Ted Cord Blue Beetle fan. Wow. But, uh, I'm, I'm like Jaime. So. See, I'm, I'm the Jaime Reyes fan because I watched Young Justice, and that was when he, like... He was great. They put they made him very they made him a very prominent character. I thought he was like mainstream, and then like nobody ever like talked about. It. I was like, oh wait, he was he's in, in that. He's in, he's in Brave and the Bold. Yeah, and he's in Injustice. And too. he he does have that because he and Firestorm get really big yeah. roles in that. And I mean, it's, it's Miguel off of Cobra Kai who's playing. Him, I mean, so. the suit looks pretty cool. Mm, I don't know. If, I don't like it that much. Where, what do you expect? That's though? what it looks like from the book. I was about to so say like like, like I don't think it looks like good live action. Books is a, and the comics is a different thing. I mean, we see because it's comics. Davis is one of those he just wants to adapt every superhero no, to wear gray suits like the, like Marvel no. movies. Alex, what if every Bad super soldier is dressed the same? <laughs> I'm just messing with you. Uh oh. We tread lightly. <laughs> tread lightly. I will do my best to tread lightly. I mean, I'm I, just kidding. It is I, really hot in here. It, it, it is. Did they I'm cut off the j- AC? I am sweating right now. Did, like, because it's not been this bad. I before. might have to take off my shirt. I have an undershirt on. Is the why I say <laughs> okay, that? Okay, okay, okay. We, you, we had to worry about that. Well, thank God we'll get this done before uh, we start our video streaming. That's going to be next semester's plan, apparently. But yeah, speaking of oh, Davis, speaking of something that gets you very excited, the first official trailer for HBO's The Last of Us has been released. Starring Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey, the series will premiere on HBO Max on January 15th. Now, Davis is a huge Last of Us fan. Josh Logan, big Last of Us uh, players, not so much. I really like the first game, and I started the second game like two days ago for the first time. Whoa. So, yeah. I don't want to, I'm not going to, I'm not even going to mention the second game in my little tirade. I'm about to go on. Not really tirade. Go ahead. Have you seen the trailer for the new Last of Us show? I saw something. I think it was an earlier like teaser, yeah. maybe. I think I saw that. I've not seen the newest trailer then. So obviously you know how good the first game is. Yes, I think I've played it ten times. It's my favorite game of all time. Like I, I, I'll sing its praises over and over again. I don't need to right now. I think everybody knows how much I love it. I think it's the best game ever made, ever made. And I'm not. I don't feel like a show's really necessary, or. Sh- I don't think it needs to. It doesn't need to happen. However, the but trailer was pretty good. What I was about to say was the trailer kind of worked on me. The, when, we, were, we were in a mood <laughs> at the end of it when the when you heard the Last of Us theme play I heard it, over the theme. I got chills, but I'm still not super sold on it. However, some, something like I like Pedro Pascal. I like Pedro Pascal, but I'm not convinced he can really do Joel. I mean, I'm not sure anyone can really do Joel. That's true. I mean, video game characters are so hard to adapt. I mean, you. You've seen most attempts 
just like for example halo just completely threw it to the wayside and was like we're just gonna basically make a new character which ended horribly i i still have refused to watch the show i don't know if i ever will i'm not giving them a dime of my money i'll tell you that right now and i think it, it is very difficult because there is a certain i don't i don't know what the word is but just there's there's a certain way you can craft video game characters that is just not well, you're spending like 15 hours with these characters. exactly every moment you're with them you you are them because you're controlling them. Exactly. And I don't think you can really attain Replicate that with a that. TV show. I would agree 100%. Maybe I think. a book if it's from like first-person perspective. I still don't feel you can get the same connection. I think that's, I think that's a good point. I mean, again, though, the trailer looked good, man. And, and we, we, the, we've, been, we've been on a bit of a run here because Indiana Jones had us. The Indiana Jones worked on They had, had us hooked in again. And I'm not going to lie, Transformers Rise of the Beast. I don't care about that one. Got me no, a little too excited. did not have me excited. Look. <laughs> you having, there? having been wronged by the franchise so many times, maybe one of these days they'll get it right. Right? No. No? They already did. It's Bumblebee. True. Well, yeah, but this, this is, is a sequel to, to Bumblebee. Bumblebee. Michael Bay's not even involved. He's producing. He's it. producing. So he is involved. He won 100 Rummy little fingers on the I mean, he's he's The first he's explosion involved. you see, you'll know <laughs> When he there's was just involved. mysterious explosions going on around him. Is Bruckheimer oh, involved I, I, think at all? I think it's the first lens flares when we'll know that it's 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 Michael Bay moment time. That's when just stuff starts. There's a really big slow-mo as the main character oh, looks up in front of the camera. It's like, oh, my gosh, guys. The all-spark or some nonsense. I, look, man, I'm not, I'm not proud of it, but it, it worked on I me mean, more than the Guardians trailer, which is not, which is not really? great. Really? I mean, I guess I just because immediately after we saw Guardians, we, Davis and I watched it. Then the tweet right below it was my reaction to the Guardians trailer, and it was a guy's face going like this. And then Davis and I were like, <gasps> Davis and I were like, when the Guardians show up in the Guardians movie, oh my gosh, y'all, this is crazy. When, when we were Captain America is in Captain America, <gasps> I I just can't because it is it is how reaction videos are nowadays. Like it's just all. <gasps> Wow. Marvel, Mar- when the Marvel logo shows up at yeah. the Marvel movie, people start clapping. So true. It's just craziness. Yeah. The the only warranted clap I've ever seen in a theater is when, um, when the Force Awakens dropped and they they play. No, no, okay, look, only only the beginning when the music played, and I'm like, hey man, I'll let it happen. I'll mm, let it happen. No. I'll gi- I'll give him some benefit of the doubt. That was all. Now I've I'll, never I'll, clapped in a movie. I, I didn't, but I understood it. I didn't do it. I only laughed at people when they were crying at Avengers Infinity War. That was a good time, I'll tell you that right now. It was a fun time. Anyway. When we saw Spider-Man No Way Home, our friend, friend of the show, Chris Tobias, when, when, <laughs> when uh, Andrew Garfield showed up, or Tobey Maguire showed up, he, had a, he did a single clap, and then went, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he like, looked at me and went, I don't, know, I don't know what happened to me. I don't, I, don't, I, I don't know. I also had a single clap when Tobey Maguire showed up, and I was like, no. Like I, 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 I was like, I was I like, crash this, Toby. But I wasn't like, I didn't. Clap. I was fist. I did a backflip actually. <laughs> I jumped into the backflip. You actually just ran down the stairs. No, <laughs> we we had our fun though during Rise of Skywalker when Mace oh Windu showed up goodness. for ten seconds in audio, and we're like, oh, Rise of Skywalker. I was cutting up. It was like mystery science theater for most of it. <laughs> I was like looking at Alex and be like, she's a Palpatine. <laughs> God, I hated that. I didn't do. I didn't do all that, but I did like audibly laugh out loud when they were like. You're a Palpatine. I went, oh! <laughs> he is your grandfather. <gasps> oh, my God. I hated that movie. <laughs> and if you want to hear how much we really hate that movie, you can listen yeah, to the listen Star to Wars podcast. Uh, anyway, moving on. The first trailer for The Boys spinoff Gen V has been released, and it looks pretty cool. Mm. I mean, 
I got a, I got some more Sony I show give them props news for not doing for any, any more spinoffs between now and like they could have they could easily done like three or four but you know they're go- they just won. I've got some Sony got. game game adaptation news for you. I think you I had I, I had one just below. This is not Sony, but Star Wars Jedi Survivor will officially release on yeah. March 15th. But I'm sure many people are excited. About. I've not played Fallen Order, which I know might like revoke my video game card. Amazon's but. making a God of War series. If you hadn't heard, yeah, no, where we've this yeah, I heard about that, that one. I'm a big God of War fan. But Tom Holland is Kratos? Is that what you're... <laughs> there's, there's a big debate on who should play Kratos, but here's something for you. How about they just don't? Adapt? Just cancel the project. I'm How... just saying, like, if, if the great conundrum is who can we pick to play our main character and you can't think of one, maybe. Well, I mean, everybody maybe just says get the guy that plays him in the games, Ex- but I don't think. Well, yeah, but no, but that's, that wouldn't, like, the thing is with Kratos at this point, like, and this, I haven't played the games. I'm not no, I'm not no expert in this, in this nonsense. I but am. Like, I watched the three-hour lore video like two him, days ago. You'd have to design him like the avatars, in, in like, like you'd have to make him a fully CGI gigant because he's, he's, he's quite literally larger than life, and probably the only actual person with any acting chops is the guy who played the mountain, and he doesn't have any acting chops anyways. But he's the only comparable in Hollywood size-wise that would even make any sense. Let the like, rock play him. I mean, the the rock. When Kratos hits the eyebrow rise, and <laughs> they go crazy. Oh my! Honestly, as 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 much well, as I a, hate to say, Kratos is only six four. Yeah, is he really? He's not even that big. I guess man. in the video, all the clips I've seen in the video, well, he him looks, looks huge. No, he is like a he is huge. He just looks giant. But he's like okay. You could maybe okay. push him to seven. I mean, you could have Dave Batista play him. No, theoretically, I don't know about that. No, I mean, no. he's as big a dude. I, like, I'm not I'm, okay, guys. Again, here's how about this? Aside, there's only so few people. We can period. get the guy that plays him in the games to play him. Who's I'd Christopher Judge? Yeah. He looks get Chris exactly Judge exactly like. How about I just okay? I haven't seen the guy. Let me look at him. Look up Christopher Judge. Um. I don't – maybe don't make that because how can you make God of War action in live action? You it's can't. just going to look like – It's going it's it's to look bad. bad. It's going to look bad. I mean because you, I mean, you're going to have to pour in – I mean – and, you know, as, as, as much as – this is something we're certainly going to talk about more next semester when we do the Avatar episode. But, I mean, lately, how many movies and shows are really impressing with CGI versus unimpressing, if that may – I mean – Every Marvel show doesn't really look great. Yeah. Most of the movies are I mean, Ant Man looks like Spy Kids. We are we've already discussed exactly. that. Like so I mean, and you're gonna have to sell it on the CGI, because again, without the fights, not to say that God of War is only that, but without it, well, if, what if is you, the show gonna be? If you're adapting it from the original, like the first three games, it mostly is just the fights. Like there's a yeah. story in the first three games, and it's a good story, but like the story doesn't become a major yeah. thing until the, okay. the 2018 yeah. God of War. That's what, and yeah, that's God of War heard, Ragnarok. Because people say like pre like what do they say? They say Greek it's, Kratos it's, yeah, versus Kratos. Kratos. Sorry. Also, for what it's worth, Christopher Judge. I remembered this storyline from earlier, and I'm gonna bring this up. He's had to have surgery to have both of his hips replaced, along with back and knee surgery. So. I don't know. Yeah, I, don't if he'd be, I mean, obviously, we're not would, actually asking him to fight God. Well, no, no, he wouldn't, even <laughs> stand there. he wouldn't. He wouldn't do the stunts, but he's a voice actor where he can probably sit in a chair and do a lot of his lines versus doing. I mean, a shoot is a shoot. Not every movie yeah. is filmed like Whiplash in fourteen days, or whatever the heck. Like most exactly. of it is is two hundred days. I mean, like we we just did Harry Potter. They did Deathly Hallows Part One and Two back to back for like two straight years. Yeah, and. God of War is probably going to have a lot of location changes unless they do it all with CGI and volume, which would look awful. Let's be honest, so, they probably will. This is Amazon. Ah, true, true. Ex- they put no effort into anything except the boys, do they? Yeah. 
So I mean, I just, the voice doesn't use any CGI. Really. Uh, yeah, I'd that's, argue that the voice CGI when it's is, there is like yeah. it's subtle. Fine. Oh yeah, no, no, that's stuff. that's what I'm saying. Is that is, but Amazon like look at Lord of the Rings didn't like age brilliantly. I don't think Bezos the VFX was money on going to space. There. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like again, I just think. I doubt the judge would be able to just do to that because that prevented him from doing voice acting, let alone actual like the fi- the physicality of it. And obviously, he's not going to be doing the stunts. But anyway, yep. so that that's some interesting news. And start. I already mentioned that HBO Max and Discovery will fold into a singular streaming service called Max and Ruby. <laughs> Ruby and Max. Stop boo. it. Boo. How, are we booing the name or the fact that Logan made that we joke? We can boo both that of those. Yeah, we both. Can boo both of those. That's a good oh, wow. joke. Hey, man, I don't know joke. about that one. It is, what a, a, what a creatively bankrupt name, though. Like, I mean, seriously, all the ideas you could come up with, and you're like, guys. Have you heard the focus of this new streaming platform? I hear it's discovery-focused because yes. all the – So, like, basically how I would describe it is that Discovery bought uh, HBO, essentially – and then, or Warner Brothers as well, I guess, by that, by that logic. And then all the Discovery people are in charge, and they're mad that people don't know enough about Discovery, basically. Like, they seem to resent the fact that people would go to HBO Max for HBO content, because Discovery's content is like, how many naked people can we put in a forest at one time? Guys, I've got it. Well, no, they're doing I, I've, it. I've cracked the code to making a billion dollars. They're doing the Netflix way, which is making the cheapest. They're doing like uh, fixer upper. Is there uh, is there perfect entity of a perfect uh, world of fixer uppers, and uh, then you have some HBO stuff on the side. They're trying to do what Netflix does, which is making the cheapest shows that like gets people talking about that they'll basically throw on while doing chores. That gets a lot of viewership. Uh, man. So it's not going to be fun. Well, you're dropping the brand name recognition of HBO, which is probably the best brand name in TV in general. It's and also probably the biggest. In exactly. And you're abandoning that for something that you can barely Google. Like, if you look up Max, you're just yes. going to get a uh, bunch of, like, insane searches that have nothing to do with HBO. That, that is so crazy, because, again, HBO is such, like, that That would be a goldmine for any logic. Like, Disney would, work, would milk an HBO brand name to the Max, where meanwhile, these guys are like, how can we do the inverse of every cuz like you're I didn't even yeah. think of it like that way like it is the brand in TV at this point. Yeah. I mean Game of Thrones, The Sopranos, all the other billion shows they've seemed to make that exactly. make a lot of money. It feels like there was no thought put into this beyond Max sounds cool, but it really doesn't. Like HBO Max sounds better. So yeah, I don't know what the thought behind it is. And, and I think HBO Max was already a great title cuz it was the one non-plus. Exactly. Cuz every other one is guys what a Hear me yeah. out. We put a plus behind our company name. Yeah. Great. D- D- Disney is- Plus? <gasps> no way. TV Plus. <gasps> we're, we're hurtling towards it more and more each day. So, we, yeah, we talked about it too. Like, we're eventually, all, the, all like, streaming just, is going back to cable it's again. Being, it's just like, cable. YouTube TV was a crazy idea, and it's basically was just cable, but what if it's internet connected? It's absurdity. But I mean, speaking of something that we can all be excited about, I think. Um, something that definitely will not be cheap. The first teaser for Bong Joon-ho's next film, Mickey 17, starring Robert Pattinson, has been released. It has a cast of, I mean, a, a lot of people. I'm not even going to go through all of it. It won't hit theaters until March of 2024, but it's based on the book Mickey 7 by Edward Ashton. And so the synopsis reads, Mickey 7 is an expendable, a disposable employee on a human expedition sent to colonize the ice world Niflheim. I'm going to say it like that. Uh, whenever there's a mission that's too dangerous, even War? suicidal, <laughs> the, the crew turns to Mickey. After one iteration dies, a new body is regenerated with the, with most of his memories intact. I'm so excited. Why do you go to Nephilim? 
That's, God, great, that's that, a great question. That's Norse mythology. That happens in God of War. You can go I there. Mean, I mean, they're dangerous close to Jotunheim, which is Thor. A Thor thing. Well, the Jotunheim is I, the I know that, but I, I was just talking about the MCU. But Look, anyway. Man, <laughs> I'm currently playing God of War Ragnarok. And after Lord. this, I will go home and play God of War Ragnarok. I know you will, Davis. I know you will. I mean, I'm so excited for this, though. I mean... Am I allowed to say this is already my most anticipated of not next year, but like the next yeah. year? Actually, we I mean, had yeah. a we have a law that yeah, you're now off the show. The FCC is going to fine you a lot of money for that. No, okay. I mean, for I mean, at this point, anything that he, I mean, you got this cast. Like, let's see, I don't recognize a ton of the names, but you got Stephen Yoon from obviously he was in Minari and more recently Nope, nope. and also Walking Dead. So that's and pretty invincible. cool. And Invincible. Oh, yeah, and Mark been... Ruffalo, so that's pretty cool. I like Mark Ruffalo when he's not being Bruce Banner. Is he going to be so. a cop in this? Like his all, He's either Hulk or a cop. Or he's the journalist, <laughs> Davis, because they knew! Yeah, that's a cop. That's, I count that. It, it, for the you, joke, he's a cop. If you so okay, Wasn't he like a psychiatrist in one of the shows, too? Uh, no. I don't know. Anyway, this movie, though, I mean, I'm excited. Like, it's just going to be cool. Like, I don't really... I mean, look, Parasite is like the movie, so anything that he makes will... I'm just going to give it the automatic... I, I, I believe it. I have blind faith in him. Everything he touches turns to gold. Like, I, yeah. He's incredible. Exactly. He's one of the best filmmakers working today, so everything he touches Exactly. Is so I think, I think it's fair to all have the blind faith in this guy that it's going to be a good movie. I'm really looking forward to it. Now, someone that's not so much... The first trailer for this film called Champions, starring Woody Harrelson, was released. It centers on a basketball team training and competing in the Special Olympics under the guidance of an imperfect but dedicated coach, Marcus. Hmm. Did y'all see any of y'all see this trailer? Did not. It. You told me about it. It just looks so like such a cliche sports-driven movie that I'm not even going to waste any more time on this because we got bigger fish to fry. According to Deadline, producer John Landau says that he and director Robert Rodriguez are having discussions about developing a sequel to Alita Battle Angel. Hopefully that comes to fruition. I still didn't see the first one, so. I haven't seen it either. I heard okay things. Yeah, I heard it was actually pretty cool. Yeah. I heard, yeah that, I, it's I, like I, mostly I, CG or like CG. And the CG looked pretty cool. I remember the trailers of the CG was like, oh, that looks good, but... I don't know, man. I mean, I, you know, I, it was funny. During the pandemic, I was like, oh, there's not enough movies in theaters. But now that movies are getting back, I'm like, maybe there's too many movies. Maybe everyone's making too many things. And everything has a sequel and a spinoff. And I don't know. Like, I feel like why not use that technology and do something else with it rather than just build a sequel? Because we have enough sequels nowadays. Most of them are bad. Most of them are not good. Anyway, speaking of something that is sort of a sequel, I don't know. First trailer for Treason, starring Charlie Cox, was released. It's from the writers of Bridge of Spies. The espionage series hits Netflix on December 26th. The synopsis reads, Adam Lawrence was trained and groomed by the MI6. His career seems set. When the past catches up with him in the form of Kara, a Russian spy with whom he shares a complicated past, he's forced to question everything and everyone in his life. It looked pretty good. Not you, know, any, you, know did, what, you know what series they should make based on espionage? What's that? When Fidel Castro, they kept trying to assassinate him, and he had an affair with the assassin. I'd watch that. Really? Whoa. Yeah. America sent an assassin to kill Fidel Castro, and he, he didn't seduce her, but he convinced her not to kill him, also sleep with him. But that was just spitting game, man. I he was. Know. He had all that he ice just, cream. <laughs> he just, they, you know, it's just, just crazy stuff. I, I mean, this, so look, did any of y'all watch The Bodyguard on Netflix by chance? Which one really? was that? So it's the show with Richard Madden. It was really, really good. It was one of Netflix's like bigger original series like four or five years ago. And it was basically just an entire espionage case where he is the bodyguard for like the act 
not the prime minister, but someone who's gunning for the prime minister's position, and then it all goes haywire. It was pretty good. And Richard Madden's pretty cool because he obviously gained fame for being in Game of Thrones as Rob mm-hmm. Stark. But he's good in everything else that he's been in so far. It was a good. It was good. This reminded me of it a lot, but apparently it's not from the same people. But like it was very, very similar, and it was very kind of weird. But Charlie Cox is pretty cool, so I'll see anything he's in. I mean, especially Daredevil, the new. Uh, what is it calling in? Born again, born again. Born again. Think, right. Yeah. Excited for that. Very excited for that. Also, now this one, Logan, we talked about it beforehand. The first full-length trailer for The Pale Blue Eye, starring Christian Bale and Harry Melling of Harry Potter fame, Davis. No, he was Dudley. Oh, okay. Yeah. Directed by Scott Cooper, who did Crazy Heart and Hostiles, which I love that movie, is also starring Gillian Anderson and Toby Jones. The detective mystery film hits Netflix on January 6th. Poor date selection there. Um, the synopsis reads, A world-weary detective is hired to investigate the murder of a West Point cadet. Stimmied by the cadet's code of silence, he enlists one of their own to help unravel the case. A young man that the world would come to know as Edgar Allan Poe. That caught me by surprise. I don't, is this like a common story or something, or did I just like miss the memo here? I don't remember learning about this whenever I learned about Edgar Allan Poe. So. Yeah. I, I know it's adapted from a book. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I this premiered about a month ago to critics, and I remember when it came out, a lot of people were like, "This it's a pretty good mystery." Um, Christian Bale's great in it. Apparently, Christian Bale's great He's all the time. Great, so. um, but he, he was even good in Thor: and Love and Thunder. No, he no. He was I the mean, best. I'm not complimenting of, Thor: Love and Thunder. He was Thunder. the best part of that movie. I, I brought that up to poke fun at Davis, but anyway, yeah. continue, Josh. Um, I I've I. When I saw that trailer for the first time, I, it was the cinematography that was a little weird to me, the, like, grayed-out look of it that I, I just couldn't get behind. But the story might be good. Have I mean, you seen Hostels? I haven't seen Hostels okay, yet. So I yeah, need it's, to. it's the same guy, and it, it is very much a very similar yeah. vibe, I would describe. But it's is, pretty good. Isn't Hostels, like, mm, so, pseudo-Western? Yeah, exactly. Okay, so yeah. He, he's, he's sort of stick because Crazy Heart is Western-ish. Yeah. I, I haven't seen it, but I, I know that it's the same. So it's the same director of all those, and Hostels mm-hmm. looks the same and is the same type of vibe. Gotcha. This, he's clearly going for that a second time. I mean, I know it'll just be Christian Bale will be really cool, good, and Harry Melling will be really good. So that's really on, all you ask for. And it's on Netflix, like so yeah. it's not like I have to pay to go see it. Exactly. So that, that entices me to see it more. It might, it might be added to my Christmas list, but who knows? I mean, I'm just there for the good Christian Bale performance, which is inevitable at this yeah. point. Because, again, even though. Thor: Love and Thunder was so bad. Oh my god! It was he might so he might have been the only good part. Might have Logan? Might have? He was the only good part. You're falling asleep over there, Logan. I'm not falling asleep. <laughs> was it, weren't I, you begging to be on the show? I'll oh! tell you. I'll tell you why after the show's over. I'm trying not to breathe on the mic. <laughs> Shade, Logan. But anyway, so not not a fan of uh, of Christian Bale and Thor: Love and Thunder, or is no? It Christian Bale was the best part of Thor: Love and Thunder that just gave him nothing. Davis, wouldn't you agree? I think the best part of Thor Love and Thunder was seeing it with Chris and us cracking jokes the whole time. <laughs> Dylan Cardwell was in that theater, too. I wonder if, I, I've always wondered what he thought about that movie. <laughs> you should have asked him on Compact Discourse no, 100. No, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> so, Dylan, I saw you that one time. Yeah, you, I saw you. I was, I was in the same theater as you, I swear. You could have just been like, in, fa- new in Thor fairness, I mean, it's, it? if Dylan will probably not be surprised with that because it's hard to mistake Dylan Cardwell. He's I mean, 6'9". Like, First, like 6'11". 6'11". Yeah, so, I mean, he's a large man. If he's in a theater, you'd probably notice it. So I, I did notice. But then again, oh, he's hey, probably, probably, probably weird Dude. if you go, hey, I saw you over the summer in the theater. I want to ask you this question four months after the fact. 
I cannot imagine his response. It'd be pretty funny, though. Who knows? Anyway, another trailer, guys. So many trailers came out. And then, Davis, some news for you that I think you'll be quite excited mm. about. Star Wars The Bad Batch Season 2 had a trailer released. The animated series will premiere on Disney Plus on January 4th. I still never watched the first season. Did anybody in here watch? Give the first season a shot. Dang. Not a Star Wars never. person. Sorry. Oh, yes, that's right. Yeah. I, remember, I remember this discussion. Uh-huh. Yes, of course. I haven't um, even watched Clone Wars, so like I can watch that before I watch Bad Batch. I mean... I've watched yeah. parts of Clone Wars. I haven't watched it all the way through. Honestly, even even as much beef as we have with Star Wars, uh, their animated stuff might be the only thing that's really carrying them through at this point. That and Andor, apparently, because... And, well, uh, and the video game, Jedi. Oh, yes, Order. of course. The, the video game gets a thumbs up there, but... Oh, The Mandalorian. What, you don't like The Mandalorian? Uh, well, when Jon Favreau's like, I'm going to write all of the episodes of season three, and it's like, guys, there's going to be more space battles and more characters, and I'm just like, I think you're kind of missing... we got to just remember that Jon Favreau started... On an episode of Seinfeld. Just, we gotta humble him. Bring him back to being Eric the Clown. <laughs> I just wanna say that. We're out of left field, but sure. It's just, it's just so funny because they are very clearly tone deaf in what people want. It's like, guys, I know you all hated Mandalorian season two because of these three reasons, and we're gonna have more of that. And yeah. I'm like, cause like, I don't dislike John Favreau, but like. I dislike John Favreau. Oh, okay. For <laughs> yeah, sure. I, went, I can say that. All right. Eric the Iron, Clown. Hey man, Iron, Iron Man shoe. 1 was pretty good. Pretty good, yeah. Real quick, though. He gets that. You've seen Mandalorian Season 2. Yes, I have. So, like, the final scene with Luke, you weren't you weren't excited for I that? I mean, like, okay, so I would compare that to almost a theater experience where if you see a movie that's a true experience at the theater, which is nowadays rare, but, like, some of the biggest Marvel movies have been that. Infinity War was certainly that. Endgame was that. The experience is kind of like, <gasps> the nostalgia is like that. But when you watch it a second time, you're like, Still what? cool. No. Like, Luke shows up then, but not any other time. Like, what is that about? Yeah, he shows up in, uh, what's it called? In the Book of Boba Fett. No. No. I'm not even talking about this anymore. We're moving on to bigger and better things. And by that, I mean Matt Damon and Casey Affleck are teaming back up, Davis, mm. to star in a highest film. But it's going to Apple TV+. Plus. Well, I, I guess yeah. I'll never see it. Title the hey, legal I'll invite you. I'll invite you over. Okay. I have it. The film is titled The Instigators, a film that follows two thieves as they go on a, on the run with one of their therapists after a robbery goes south. This mm. sounds great. I mean, Davis, I know they're your favorite. Pretty low bar for you over there, bud. It sounds uh, you interesting. You one sentence about it? You already said it's going to sound great? Yeah. Two, act, two good actors? Mm, Funny concept? Amsterdam had a lot of good actors. <laughs> but it also had Taylor Swift, so... Amsterdam didn't have a script. Yeah. Or a director. Amsterdam didn't yeah, have a true. lot of things, apparently. I, I still have not seen Amsterdam it. Amsterdam is still my would. least favorite movie of the year, so... I haven't seen it. I I've seen 73 it. movies Wait, this what's year. your second? Amsterdam is number... What's your second? How was Morbius not really Yeah, how Oh, that's not on the list. I didn't even see it. Okay, good, okay, good, good, good. I'm about to say, I'm What's like, second, then? I want to know. Second now. from the bottom? Yeah. Yes. Blonde. Whoa. Okay, yeah. I can believe that. I heard that was All I heard bad. was creepy and It's icky. disgusting. It's yeah. one of the grossest movies I've ever seen. What's your favorite? Everything, everywhere, okay, all at yes. once. Cons- without a doubt. Consensus there. It's consensus. Though apparently a bunch of critics released their like top ten list, and since they didn't include everything all at once there, the mob attacked them. <laughs> There's a really toxic fan base on Twitter yeah. for that movie, and I'm trying not to associate with them. I love the movie, and I'm just going to continue loving it and not I- hating on people for not loving it. I think it's what I get why. It's what happens when a when film Twitter discovers a movie that's good and they're like, oh, guys, because like exactly. I mean, I, I I don't I mean film Twitter doesn't talk about Sound of Metal or The Father, for example, two movies that I would think kind of went under the radar mostly because COVID yeah. and stuff like that. But like those those underground movies tend to 
create that kind of reaction because they're all really, really good. Yeah. But then when a place such as film Twitter latches onto it, it can be a dangerous experience. Exactly. That's why I'm very nervous for award season this year. And oh, yeah. If no. everything everywhere isn't the movie that film Twitter thinks it is when it comes to that. There's going to be a lot of hate. Which, I mean, I think it still should win a lot, but there is certainly some nuance to a lot of things. Like, just because one movie has one really great moment or another and has one really great performance or another doesn't mean it needs to sweep every award. Yeah. Because it's going to get nominated for a lot because it deserves it, but is it going to win all of them? Like, I I love Michelle Yeoh in the movie. I I think she's great in it. She's not my best actress winner for this year. Who is it? Kate Blanchett and Tar. Oh, see, I haven't seen that yet. I need to see that. Yeah. Okay. That's my number two movie of the year. There you go. Okay. Um, so, yeah. It's going to be an interesting experience, no doubt. And speaking of that, guys, to go from those kinds of movies that we're all very excited about, uh, Jackie Chan confirmed Rush Hour 4 is in development. Put your hands down. I like, like Rush Hour. Do we need that? We don't need it. Do we need many things? That yeah. is the great question this podcast ponders. Davis, have we answered that question yet? No comment. <laughs> no comment? I don't want to talk about any more sequels. <laughs> I thought I thought we made a deal here. I thought we had an understanding. Uh, no, the understanding is how much can I antagonize you for the good of radio, mm. and it's it's gotten quite comical if, yet. If anything, it's the bad for radio when he explodes. Um, no, it's quite funny. I believe. Have you have you not heard on the Everything All at Once episode when he starts yelling about The Last of Us for fifteen minutes? It shouldn't uh, exist. Man. But I was also on the MCU. <laughs> yeah, I was also on the MCU episode where you had to censor him multiple times. Well, so. you know, Davis. Davis gets a lot. He's gonna of bleep me out anyway. If I'm not allowed to say hell, I might as well just say. Yeah, Dave, no, I agree. It, Dave, no, I'm not going to say it because Dave, I'm out, I I, Alex is allowing like, me to say, hey, say hell now. I do not feel like editing something out this time around. See, so right I'm, not, I'm doing it. I'm oh, helping uh, you. Oh, wow. Look You're at this. We learned to work together after 63 episodes of the show. Unbelievable. And lastly, guys, the biggest news of the week, really, kind of all dropped yesterday and then had a reaction to it today. The Hollywood Reporter basically just destroyed the DC... You, at this point, which is what it's called, in, like, a clean sweep. Patty Jenkins' Wonder Woman 3 starring Gal Gadot is apparently no longer moving forward at DC Studios and is considered dead in its current incarnation. Mm. Man of Steel 2 may no longer be happening after a cameo appearance in Black Adam and a also cameo that Henry Cavill just filmed in The Flash, so they clearly know what they're doing over there. The sequel, which was an act development, was set to return Henry Cavill, but now up in the air. DC is also reportedly looking to end the Jason Momoa-led Aquaman franchise after the sequel releases next year with the possibility of recasting Momoa as Lobo. I've heard that. So that's all interesting. And The Hollow Reporter is a pretty solid source on such things. For sure. um, and... Oh, go, what's did, you, did you read James Gunn's tweet? Uh, I, 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 I had that just okay. below, actually. James Gunn tweeted about today at noon. So as for the story yesterday in The Hollywood Reporter, some of it is true, some of it is half true, some of it is not true, and some of it we haven't decided yet whether it's true or not. Although this first month at DC has been fruitful, building the next 10 years of the story takes time and we're still just beginning. James Gunn would be a really good politician because that was the most nothing statement ever. Some of it is true, some of it is, like... Yeah, like He's just not say. I mean, just say, just say it. Who cares? I, but their PR team cares. That's that, that's who true, cares. True, the PR team cares. Now, I, I heard some other things that apparently I've also Wonder, heard some other things. Wonder Woman three got canceled because Warner Brothers read it and was like, "This script sucks. Rewrite it." Basically, because it was. Why did too they do much... that for nineteen eighty four? Why didn't <laughs> so, they do that for the first one? First what? one's not that hey, bad. I don't like the first really one. Hey, the first the one's second fine. one is the second one is awful though. That 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 I think we all can agree on. So apparently it has a lot of similarities to the 1984 and has a lot of like sequel syndrome type things oh, or, or threequel syndrome is what it called. And they were like, um, maybe redo it. And she was like, no. 
then yeah, apparently. Yeah, so apparently she she well they they still want to keep Gal Gadot around, which that that is as a, as debatable as a topic as any there is. Exactly. I I just wanted to keep her around for consistency's sake because I'm so tired of there being 83 Batmans and guys. That's I think be she she does a fine Wonder Woman. I guess it's it's fine it's fine enough. Look, I just want some stability in this universe because there's new characters every two seconds. Like. Making Jason Moe and turning him to Lobo, which he, I think he said it's his dream. I think he'd be good at Lobo, dream role. But, but again, that'd be crazy though if it happens. It, it's tough because they're trying to toe the line. The problem is, I just want them to clean house or not clean house. This whole half-hearted, maybe sorta, kinda, like who made the choice to put? I guess the Superman and Black Adam probably predates James Gunn taking over since that happened in the last, like, two months. That yeah. feels very Walter Hamada. Like, it just True. feels like something he would do. Just throwing in it for random, exactly. trying to get people back after they all hated him for yeah. all the other things he did. I mean... I heard Black Adam 2 is probably good in Kane. Oh, yeah, that yeah. too. But that's because oh, it didn't make sure. any money. Yeah. It made a $50 million profit. It did in a not woman. change the hierarchy it of did, the DC Shockingly, universe. it killed the queen. So, I mean, we, talk, <laughs> we, we, we can talk about it. And this it changed is, the wrong hierarchy. <laughs> <laughs> this is a whole debate for another episode. We have so much we obviously want to talk about today. But, I mean, superhero movies as, as a whole are struggling. Black Panther might not make a billion, which is an unfathomable concept as of years ago. Yeah. I mean, because the first Black Panther made... I don't know how much money it made, but it, it made over a billion. I thought it was way over a billion. That movie, was, that's I think that's still the highest grossing domestic MCU movie other than like Endgame. I believe it. I also heard that I heard rumors on Twitter, so don't take that with a major grain of salt. That well, we James Gunn may be thinking about looping the Batman into the new DCU. Please oh don't. no! Don't, which I don't want that to happen. I don't. But oh. Well, if you I don't think that, anybody wants it to happen, but it's like uh, get just, ready, you're gonna get Dave Batista's bang. Okay, yeah, Black Panther made 1.3 billion. So yeah, but yeah. Home, no way, Home made 1.9. True. Yeah, worldwide. No, that's worldwide. But, oh, okay. but even yeah. even no no way home. I mean, you've got all the multiverse characters. That movie was gonna make a billion the moment they teased exactly. everything. Black were, Panther was kind of a surprise. Exactly. You were pulling yeah. three. And then when Wakanda Forever, I mean, sure, it's without Chadwick Boseman, but I mean, even even Multiverse of Madness made a lot of money. But I think it's the fact that yeah, like. They've kind of swung back downwards because in in a time when Guardians of the Galaxy made seven hundred and seventy eight million dollars with no known characters of any kind, now I think it's they might have opened up Pandora's box in terms of the multiverse and they can't close it. Yeah, because everybody wants to see <gasps> guys is Professor Xavier in uh in the new movie or whatever the heck, and that's what people are going to theaters to see versus because again, like I mean, Marvel had a steady flow where every movie made money. Ant Man made money, which is. I like Ant-Man. We like Ant-Man, like Ant-Man, but it shouldn't have made as much money as it did because it's Ant-Man. Like, it just it just is. And the same goes for all those others. And I think it's it's the same thing they ran into when, when you do so many team-up movies. People just want to keep seeing the team-up movies. So when it's a solo movie, and again, I thought Wakanda Forever was pretty good. It's a good movie. Is I really it, liked it. Is it, like, is it, is it, is it in my top five MCU? Probably not, but still it's a good top movie. Top five villain, no doubt. Oh, yeah. yeah, we love Namor, Namor, no doubt. But I think we're definitely seeing that. And Black Adam is, again... A 
without the Marvel brand, without anything else. I just want to say, I kind of liked Black Adam. I mean, I'm sure, but like... Have you seen Black Adam? I didn't see it. It's actually kind of fun. It was funny, because it was ridiculous, and it was bad, most likely. I mean, no. It was... It was like good. Okay, okay. okay. Well, hold your tongue there, young one. <laughs> Doctor Fate was the coolest thing I've seen in Doctor like Fate a, was good in in a comic book movie in a long time. Doctor Fate is awesome. Though. I've always loved Doctor Fate. I will say, but it's just kind of crazy that it's definitely I think swung backwards. Where, I mean, Aquaman made a billion, which is such a crazy, crazy thing. However many that was what four five years ago. I don't remember. It was five years ago. Movie feels, yeah, yeah. Movie I, feels like it was. A hundred years ago at this point with exactly. all the DC nonsense going on. I but feel, yeah, DC's a mess. Go ahead, Logan. I feel like superhero movies are just going to be – they're on the down kind. Like if, if this doesn't make a billion, you're not going to see a billion for a long time. Like if Wait, Black it, it, Panther it, it, 2 doesn't make a billion dollars. I mean Quantum Mania is probably their next best shot just because no. of the idea of Quantum Mania. I don't think Quantum Mania no. is going to happen. I think Guardians could. Guardians I think maybe. Guardians has a lot of passion behind it and that's enough. Honestly, for a Marvel movie with that level of passion, that can hit a billion. But it feels like we've hit a a point of diminishing returns, and I I'm intrigued to see like what's the next Avengers movie gonna make because that's gonna be a big team up movie. See, yeah, but Secret Wars. I think years gonna, away. I think we might well just not. I think once they get into Secret Wars, if they if they decide they still want to do it, they're gonna soft reboot it. Like, yeah, that's what I've heard yeah. from that makes from everything. One that one, makes a lot of sense. One thing that's affecting the box office too is. They're not even releasing them in China anymore, which true because they have a lot of from. beef with China lately. Which yeah. Avatar will be releasing in yeah. China, which is why it's going to make a lot of money. Um, yeah, as much money as they put into that, it better release in true. China. True, no, it, it 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 certainly is, and I think I think it is interesting. Cause, I mean, you know, you look at it lately. I mean, some of the top grossing action movies of this year will be the Batman, which. It's a super movie, but I mean completely disconnected. It's own it's a thing. detective movie. It's also three yeah, hours movie. long, which yeah. defies a lot of logic there. And it is a great movie. Top Gun Maverick, Gun which movie. was everyone was like, oh, is this an action movie that actually has thought and soul behind it? Good movie. It's, yeah. It's great a great movie. It, it's a great, like, it's just, it's good, man. It's just, it's just fun. I've watched it three or four times. Like, it just ages really well. It's, and again, these movies where it's like, guys, what if we just put a hundred IPs together? And it's like, I don't know. I just don't think it's going to, eventually it's going to wear off. I think, Honestly, No Way Home felt like the precipice, but it was at the beginning. Like, if that felt like what the culmination of a multiverse saga could have been in terms of just how much hype there was around it. But then everything else afterwards, you can't really live up to that. Mm-hmm. Same thing with what happened at post-Endgame when they're like, guys, how do we follow it up? And they dropped a Black Widow movie in the middle of the pandemic and tried to steal Scarlett Johansson's money. But I didn't say that. I didn't say that. That didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we should probably move on to Greener Passions. By Greener Passions, I mean... Whiplash. Oh, so exciting. I cannot wait. But dun, first dun, 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 Exactly. We're going to go through the very small cast and crew on this film. Miles Teller as Andrew Neiman, the s- star character of the show, while the true star would arguably be J.K. Simmons as Terrence Fletcher. The peanut M&M. ruthless And the guy from the Allstate commercials. At Schaefer. And I've got quite a lot of fun facts around him that I'm going to talk about a bit later. Paul Reiser as Jim Neiman. I was so excited to see him in this movie. I love that guy. Uh, he was Andrew's father and a writer turned high school teacher. Melissa Benoist as Nicole. She was Supergirl, guys. That was pretty, that was pretty crazy. Movie, movie theater employee who briefly dates Andrew. And then the rest, I mean, Austin Stowell as Ryan Connolly. And then Nate Lang as Carl Turner. And then, I mean, that's pretty much it. Obviously written and directed by the mastermind, Damien Chazelle himself. Cinematography from Sharon Mayer, who does not have a Wikipedia page. And I'm pretty sure that person has not done another movie before. So 
did pretty good work, all things considered. Edited by Tom Cross, who won a bunch of stuff for this. He's known for his collaborations with Damien Chazelle, including Whiplash, First Man, La La Land, and he also worked with David O. Russell's Joy on the musical The Greatest Showman and Scott Cooper's Hostiles, as well as as well as No Time to Die more recently. And then the score from Justin Hurwitz is so good. He also has done those longtime collaborations with Damien Chazelle. Now, I also one thing. I have not seen the original short film. Has anybody in here? Yeah, I have. Okay, I was, was going to say, could you... So I was going to talk about it. I mean, it, it, it debuted at Sundance in 2013, which attracted investors to produce the complete version. And filming took place later on in Los Angeles over the course of 17 days. So what is... Is the short film just... What, like, what is it? What so exactly goes on? It's basically just the whiplash scene from the, from the movie. Um, just the first training scene. Probably. Oh, right. First, when he, like, when he, the, the not my tempo. Exactly. So yes. it's that scene. Oh, that so good. Um, much more stripped down, just lower budget. Um, yeah. But J.K. Simmons is still, uh, still Fletcher. And it is, I forget who it is, um, but it is not Miles Teller right. anymore. Um, and it's very, it's simple, but for a first short like that, I mean, I guess not a first short. He's, he did another movie before that, but for a short that low budget, where your only major positive is J.K. Simmons, it's pretty great. And it was able to launch this great movie, so... True. It worked out in the end. Yeah. It, it definitely did. Logan, any, any additional thoughts on the short film? Nope, he basically nailed everything I was going to say, so... There, there you go. I mean, it, it again, it sort of boosted that funding, and... Uh, Here's a couple fun facts about Chazelle making it. While attending Princeton High School, writer and director Damon Chazelle was in a very competitive jazz band and drew on the dread he felt. He drew from the dread he felt in those years. He based the conductor Terrence Fletcher on his former band instructor, instructor, excuse me, but he pushed it further, adding elements of Buddy Rich and other band leaders known for their harsh treatment. Chazelle actually said he wrote the film in, initially in frustration while trying to get La La Land off the ground because that was kind of his baby project that he just could not sell to anybody. And we're going to certainly talk about that after this. And then he finished writing the script in 2013, drawing upon those experiences, as I said. And uh, production helped turn 15 pages of a script into an 18-minute short film, which then – oh, Bl- Bloomhouse actually mm-hmm. helped with that. And then, I did. That was when the Bloomhouse – Yeah, I was like, wait like, a minute. What's, what's going on? I saw it's a it horror too. movie. <laughs> but they, they, they've, they've sort of stepped into the independent film area a bit more lately. They not, just not primarily as much. do. Of course, they, they still stick with it. But they've, they've – they toe the line, they, for they sure. They've stepped in a few times. I think times they're one of the better production companies hey, out right now. They help make I don't whip- know about that. Hey, they help make Whiplash, so thumbs up. Yeah. So most of their movies are pretty enjoyable. Fletcher kills Neil. I don't know. I saw Halloween Ends, and that was maybe oh, the worst experience of my yeah. life. So. Okay. I, any like, any statements any I've said in the last like, 36 that, Any second. horror movie that comes out this year is theirs at this point. They mm. are probably the primary studio behind did, every horror movie. They did The Black Phone, and what was the other one they did recently? That was pretty good. I think Freaky? I don't know. I don't know. But anyway... The film was shot in 17 days with a schedule of 14 hours of filming per day. Chazelle himself, which parallels the film, was involved in a serious car accident in the third week of filming and was hospitalized with a possible concussion, but he returned to set the next day to finish the film. So interesting parallels there from a certain major plot point in the film. And they premiered again at 2014 Sundance, won the Audience Award and the Grand Jury Prize before opening domestically in a limited release in October 10 of 2014, but expanded to over 500 screens and closed in March of the next year. Very short at only an hour and 46 minutes, though it does not feel like it. It honestly, there's so much going on. There's even so much going on. It packs so much. There's not a wasted moment or scene, which is one of his best talents, I would say. 
And again, on an incredibly small $3.3 million budget, it made 16 times out of the box office with $49 million, which is a pretty impressive yield, and a billion awards that we'll certainly talk about more when we get to the J.K. Simmons side of things. I mean, this movie, guys, it's... It's kind of incredible. It's so, so good. good. Like, the le- it's just so good. The final, like, the final 20, 30 minutes, I was standing up. I was like, come on. <laughs> I mean, it is... It's... One, I, so I saw it for the first time last year. One of, one of my rare unpodcast-related movie watchings, which are few and far between nowadays, especially with the MCU taking up the majority oh. of my life and sadness. Prepare ourselves for the winter break, Davis. It's going to be a good time. And, like, watching it again this second time, I noticed so many more things about it and just... I mean, it's... Because it's, so, it's so popular because of J.K. Simmons, right? Because he gives the performance of a lifetime, of a hundred lifetimes. He won, like... I don't remember... There was some crazy stuff of him winning, like, 50 awards or something during the awards circuit. Yeah, he's it's, swept. It's absurd. Like, yeah. he won everything. They, the movie only got nominated for one Golden Globe, and it was the Best Sporting Actor. It was he won that, too. Exactly. Because... Like, and it's so so much of the focus seems to be around like Fletcher and how one kind of hilarious he is at times. Not quite my tempo. I mean, he's, he's, some, makes always some of his out. jokes are hilarious, as awful as he is. But like, there's so many other nuanced things. Miles Teller is in the shadow of that amazing performance, giving his own brilliant performance. And he played the drums for most of it. Mm-hmm. I, I think I've heard the final scene. They got a stunt double. But like he he trained himself enough that well, he, he used could, to play drums. He could step in, yeah. Well. He basically had to relearn it and he stepped Pretty in a bunch. Cool. But of course, the final scene just they had to basically do a stunt double with it. it, which is why most of the shots are kind of very zoomed in or very close up to him most of the time with that. I mean, it's just there's so many incredible things. And again, Miles Teller is just really good. Like everybody talks about Fletcher and everybody talks about J.K. Simmons. Miles Teller's pretty, pretty good in this movie. Especially because this was pretty early in his acting career at 2014. Did he not get nominated for this? No, he, he did, did not. not. No, which is that category was stacked that year. I'll pull say, it up yeah. real quick. I'll I was about to say, yeah, go ahead, go ahead and pull it while, while we continue to discuss. I mean, it's just so good. I just It was the same year as Spotlight. I know that. So. Oh, yeah, okay. That, that, that was the year after. Oh. This is the Birdman year. Okay, yeah, okay. okay. I'm, good movie. Birdman's a good movie. Hey, man, Birdman's it, a great movie. I mean, it's just, I I'm think, just you know, you talk about the ending, underwear. Davis. I think the opening is just one of the best. I think it sets so much tone. The fact that Fletcher just my lurks, that he's like in the shadow like he's Darth Vader or some nonsense. Which is hilarious. And one thing I really... I wrote this down because this made me think of it. Most movies don't sound like normal people communicate. You know what I mean? Like, they just don't. And we, we forgive it because it's a movie. But this movie, I think, nails condescending dialogue more than any. Because Fletcher interrupts people so often. And I honestly... I'm not a screenwriter. so I, Obviously, it's going to sound stupid. But, like, writing interrupting statements is so difficult because people just interrupt people willy-nilly. But when you're writing, you have to, like, pick it and time it. And... The opening scene, he does it like four times because Andrew starts talking. He's like, nope, do this. Do that. Do that other thing. And then he walks out. And he's like, I left my coat, which he's really just toying so with funny. him. He didn't, mm-hmm. he didn't leave his coat. He's so he, evil. He is. He's <laughs> terrible. The scene where, he, where he's like, there's not a Mars bar down there. And then he's like, you were, you, he wasn't even out of tune. It's like, it's not my fault this you were focused crazy. on a happy meal instead yeah. of on pitch. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's just every line of dialogue is so good. Who knew the peanut M and M could act, man? Hey, hey, he's no, also jacked in this movie because he was he was hitting the gym for Justice League. I'm pretty sure. No, I love JK no. that was years. I mean, Ooh, Justice League dropped jump. in 2017, so filming would have started. Considering how long he's that process, just getting jacked. I'm just saying though, I know he deliberately did get jacked for it, and 
Mans is pretty swollen in this movie, I will say. He got jacked for Justice League, but he I know Damien Chazelle wanted him to work out for this because he wanted every bit of intimidation that you could possibly get from this like guy. The fact that he peels off out. his jacket just to be in the tightest shirt imaginable. Exactly. So just like look really scary. I love the photo of him working out with the big bushy beard. Yes. That's my favorite photo of so that, that's, that's He the... could be Kratos. <laughs> <laughs> look at that. He has the beard. Just let you learn that J.K. Simmons is like 5'8". He eight. has the voice. He, I know he's short, but like... He has the voice. Put him on some stilts and call it a day, man. I mean, this movie, y'all, it's just crazy. What a good photo. What a great movie. I'm saving that. Oh, my Lord, man. (laughs) I can use that for something. So, obviously, we've got a couple of questions about things. But, like, what, I mean, y'all's big take was we've we've all probably seen it multiple times at this point. I mean, it just, it's just really, like, this this is one of the most difficult movies to review because when it's all really good, what do you say? It's, so I've seen it five times now. Um... It's I, I I would say it's one of my all time favorites at this point, but it's one that I I can't get over just how good every single aspect of filmmaking is. It just feels like everything's coalescing. I've recently been especially enamored with the editing in the film. I think mm. the editing is yes. incredible. It won for, an it won an Oscar. It won for editing. It. It's one of my favorite editing winners ever. Um, but it's it's simultaneously the building tension through editing and building the sound through the edit. While also in the quieter moments, which honestly might be my favorite moments in the movie, it's still like really well edited and still feels tense. Something like the club scene toward the end of the movie is one of the most tense sequences in the movie for me. So, I don't know. I adore the editing in this movie, though. Absolutely. And I, I think that club scene is just also so good because, I mean, if you when you're watching the first time, you almost can't tell... But then watching it back, I mean, every single thing that Fletcher says. And I, I just – I love dialogue and any good dialogue. And every single word is has meaning in some point. Like, and every, like I love how Fletcher is so two-faced. Like he, like he says, oh, I'm in, I'm in like a pro band or whatever. And Andrew's like, oh, that's nice. And he's like, eh, it's okay. And then when he goes up on stage later on, he's like, these are the best musicians in New York and everything. Because every – he will just flip everything to manipulate every single person yeah. around him. And when you watch it back again – Everything in that club scene is just poking and prodding at him because he knows exactly what he wants to do. Yeah. And Logan? Okay, this is my question for you. But oh, yeah, go ahead. So one of the mysteries is who stole the sheet music. Do I never Do think Fletcher stole the sheet music or do you think it's just a coincidence? I think the theory's always been Fletcher. Yeah. I I believe it was Fletcher, though that doesn't make any sense. Like, the, that's the problem with the movie is that it does it in two seconds. So who the heck stole it, right? right. Like, there's, it's not like he leaves it on a desk, goes out of the room. You think it was two seconds? I mean, he had to look through the edit, decide what he wanted in the vending machine. <laughs> Thank you, Davis. Thank saying. you. As could've, could've been more, that takes, that takes been like thirty seconds. I mean, like I, I think it was Fletcher, like probably because that Fletcher. That's one of his many throwing a symbol at Charlie Parker's head moments because he has about a hundred of them because he thinks that everything is. Because he's crazy is one thing, which I, I do love that too. That he's not just like senselessly crazy; like he has a purpose to it. He's just again still unhinged. I was going to ask if y'all thought he had a point there when he was in the bar, saying, telling his reason for being so mean. I mean, I'll say it's. I always when I watched that last night, I said it's so funny that he's like, uh, you don't know why Jazz is dying, and I'm like, maybe it's because Fletcher's killed all the musicians. Because like, <laughs> like another. I, mean, I have another thing from the jazz club. Go right ahead. But I know. Talk about this first. I, it's just. It's like. Like, yeah, maybe – hypothetically, if you're going to be really uber critical with everything, people just take – not getting criticism and not learning how to take criticism is certainly going to affect any field of any kind in any way. That's 
that's a pretty basic concept that he weaponizes against Andrew. But I think it's like what what effect do you have if you drive artists away? What effect do you have if you make their lives miserable? If you one of your prized people who was first chair at Lincoln Center hangs himself because you're a terrible person, like what's the point there? And then that, that is even paralleled later or earlier on in a, in the dinner scene, which I cannot wait to talk about. Cause that yeah. scene is also oh, so I good there. I mean, it's, it, I, it makes it's my, a good scene. It makes my like skin so crawl. I, anyway, Davis, your second point though. Uh, I was watching it with Cameron who actually played drums as well. Oh so yeah. He, 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 had he, a few he, he tweeted something about that. Oh no. He, I, I, read, I read his letterbox review about it. Oh, did <laughs> he, funny. I didn't see he that. Wrote about, he's like, this took me back to being in drum line, but or so, he said something <laughs> funny. Um, he, he brought up the point, which I thought was kind of interesting. I'm not sure if it was intended, but that how JK or how Fletcher kind of plays like the Starbucks jazz he was talking about. Interesting. Does, yeah. does is that is that a like I, when he complains like oh this Starbucks jazz, but like he's basically playing that. Is, is it I, that I, club I, like, scene? He, yeah, yeah. When he's he's playing on that piano, that's like it's very it's very I, it's I very elevator music. elevator music, but it's it's elevator yeah. music. Like I don't know if they did that because they wanted to show J.K. Simmons playing it. Is my so. guess because maybe he wasn't that amazing at piano, but like that wasn't all that crazy. Well, that is titled Fletcher's song in the. In the thing, so maybe. Yeah, I think it, I think it's because Fletcher himself is a walking contradiction. Well, yeah, that's turn. what Cameron brought up. Is like if you can't do it, teach or whatever. Like he can't actually play all that, but he teaches it instead. I think that's a good like point. if you can't play coach, whatever. Because why, why does he want to mold the next musician? Because he couldn't become one. I mean that that just adds thought. that's that's a layer that the movie doesn't explore because it's obviously very short. Which my one my one critique is couldn't have been longer just for the. Fun no, of I think it. it's perfect. Like I know this. I think it's perfect too. I just would have I just would eat up anything that was in that movie. So if yeah. it was 20 minutes longer, I'd still love it, I'm sure. But that's an interesting point. So who was on the, the actor list, by the way? Did you end up yes. getting chess? Um, I'm curious now compared to Miles Teller, because we're going to talk about that too. I said that it was a great lineup. I got it mixed up with the next year, the spotlight year, which is a great lineup. True, yes. Um, this, this year was... Okay, so Eddie Redmayne wins for the Theory of Everything. Right. Mm. It was pretty good. Pretty good, yeah. Uh, Steve Carell for Foxcatcher gets nominated. Bradley Cooper for American Sniper, Benedict no. Cumberbatch for The Imitation Game, and Michael Keaton for Birdman. There are two people missing from this. One's Miles Teller mm-hmm. for Whiplash. I'd say three. There's three. There, uh, Ray Fiennes for Grand Budapest Hotel is not here. Ah, That nice. makes me angry. You think I killed him. <laughs> <laughs> Love and that. so who's the third then? Jake Gyllenhaal in Nightcrawler is not here. Oh, shoot. Just yeah. for the scene alone where he takes that girl on the date. Yeah. Oh, what? my God. Oh, one of the all-time snubs, I remember people uh-huh. people talk about Jake Gyllenhaal and Nightcrawler being like a top five Ugh. snub ever, which I mean, God, that he's good, so man. He's really good. That movie is the most painful experience. Oh. It's so painful, but that's why it's good. Dang, that, that I mean, yeah, first of all, uh, get, respectfully, get Bradley Cooper out of there. Like, Agreed. Like, yeah. I thought he was good. I think the other four can stay for me, yeah. and I'd probably, I'd honestly, I, okay, so I'd probably take, I hate to say it, I know you're. Fan Benedict Cumberbatch, I'd take him out. I would also take. Him I would out. Take I'm going to take him out. Movie. He's really but, good in it, but I'm taking him out. I'll put Jake Gyllenhaal and Ray Fiennes in true. there. That's Again, the that, perfect lineup. That's, that's for just me. A, that's a that's a great group of actors that yeah. gave some great performances that year. I, I would say take Steve Carell out, but I will not take anything Foxcatcher related out of anything that movie's incredible. True, true. And and so. you you can't take Eddie Redmayne out because well he. He pretended to have ALS for an hour and fifty minutes of a movie, and it's—I'm mean, just saying, like. Okay, what if I said that's my least favorite performance in the category? I know, I mean, I know, but like, it's—you still can't. Like, I, I, guess I you agree. Can't. 
Michael Keaton should have won out of like, those five. Though. I agree with you, but there's walk around times for like, underwear. There, there's a certain <laughs> you there, have to there's give just it a to certain him. bar where when actors go that length, you almost have to give it some amount of respect because I mean, we we like there. I don't even know how difficult it could be, but anyway. That, that, that is a great lineup, but Miles Teller, I mean, he might have got snubbed, but he might have just been stuck in a really good year. I think, I think so. Again, being overshadowed by J.K. Simmons does not help, because as, as we know, this is voting, and not everybody's very consistent with that. So if one performance is just really better, you might forget the others, which is probably what yep. happened here. But like that moment at the end when he watched that video of him playing at the drums, I was like, oh, I almost forgot. I like, didn't remember that scene. I was like, where's this come from? Like when he's a little kid? Yeah, and he's like yeah. just crying, staring at the screen. That was awesome. He's really good, man. Did he become the next Charlie Parker? That's the great question. So Bird. two things before before okay, uh, before that before the ending, right? I want to talk about that dinner scene because Ugh. one, skin crawling, in, nauseating. Like I, I honestly, I'm not kidding. Ahead of my computer, I muted part of it because I'm like, I can't, I can't listen Grow to it. Up. I, I, I have like, I'm overcome with a amount of second. You can't mute real life, like, Alex. Like, yeah, I know, and that's why I hope my I never have a dinner like that ever. But. Uh, that's one of my so favorite good. moments of dialogue in the entire movie. It's just the back and forth in that scene. It's just so it's perfect, and I get the muting it, but that's oh no, the scene where I tune back, like I tune in. Make no mistake, I watched it back a second time. I just, yeah. just I was like, I I, I when, couldn't take when it. When Paul yeah. Reiser like finally comes to like, oh, like that call back from the Lincoln Center or whatever. I was like, oh yeah, he's like, yeah. he deserved. Like, Miles like, Taylor's being such a. Ninkum. He deserved that. So that, I was on Paul that's Reiser's very interesting side. is that I think watching this again, you really get to see the progression of Andrew just into madness. For sure. Because early on, when he is partnered up with Tanner, like Tanner's a jerk. And yeah. you're like, wow, that dude's so unreasonable. And then by the dinner scene, Miles Teller's like, I'd rather die full of heroin with no friends and no family than be 90 with family but have nobody remembering. And you're like, like, that is an unhinged statement. But in the moment, it almost sucks you in because you hate. The jock football player yeah. and and the and the mom does and the, the aunt has that very condescending. Oh, Andrew, you and your drumming, oh. which is like anybody in the arts knows that that is like the line that you never yeah. ever want to mm-hmm. hear, where they minimize whatever you're doing, and they set you up. But then he says that unhinged thing where he's like, "Yeah, I want to die because I don't have a use of friends," and I'm just like, "Guys, do we, do we miss that?" Yeah, and that's that's such a great great just showcase of how he's basically spiraled. Yeah. It's so, so good. It's yeah. It's one of those that those moments that feels like it kind of puts Whiplash on that tier of like amazing descent into madness movies. I, it's not like The Shining, but it's it's not Raging Bull, but it's it is up there. I'd say with like oh, this yeah. past decade, I'd say it's maybe the best descent into madness. Movie I, I think gotten. I think absolutely because I think yeah. it, hand, it handles it so well, and I think it it does a great job introducing these characters and seeing like for example, like I remember um. I can't remember the guy's name. So Connolly, right? Like, mm-hmm. I remember thinking back, like, oh, well, there's that great scene where they start yelling at each other at the end, and he has the whole turn my pages and the word I will not oh, say. So <laughs> turn my pages! What a great just put down, man. I mean, the dialogue is so good. Um, like, I remember, like, oh, we're, we're not supposed to like him because they're all competing. And then I watched again, like, he's nice to him the whole movie, pretty much. And again, it just shows how Fletcher just Fletcher put, turn, turned them on each pushed other. him and pushed him and let, and I mean, he literally even admits that he just brought Connolly in to toy with him, which, even without knowing that plot detail, it's so obvious. Yeah. It's like, look who I found in every, like, the, just every line of dialogue is so brilliantly chosen. Like, when he takes he, over Tanner, he's like, hey, Tanner, don't forget to turn Neiman's pages. I'm like, why'd you say that? Like, he, he would knows, forget. He knows Neiman could be the next grade. 
Oh, one could say. One could. Yeah. One could. Speaking say of the that. dialogue, Speaking something I watched it on the or I noticed on the second. This is probably my third watch actually. It's so good. Uh, it's just like little things, like when when Neiman's playing the drums, like in the final, like when he comes back on the stage and he starts playing. Car- he plays Caravan. Yeah. yeah. And then like he walk, like he's playing pretty good, but then like everything shuts down and he keeps playing. And then uh, Fletcher walks up and he goes, Andrew. What are you doing? Instead of saying Neiman like he did the entire movie, he called him Andrew, which I think kind of showed that he has a new respect for him. Absolutely, I think that, I think that and was like, and then the smile at the end, obviously. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. And so, so, so that that's one thing. Um, so speaking of that ending point, because my roommate brought this up, and I don't know if this is something that occurred to anybody here as much as we've watched it. So at the end, when Fletcher sort of smiles, his mouth is cut off, but it looks like he says something. Do we think he says "good job"? No, I think he just no, smiles. no. I think, he, I think he like smiles. I thought, like, I thought it head. looked like he said no, something, and no, I just wanted. To, I, just I, I wanted to run the idea, guys. No, no, you're no. wrong. You Shut up, up you're Davis. Wrong. <laughs> well, I was just, it was just a concept because, of course, he introduces that whole idea of there are no two words worse than "good job." I also really love the ending when his dad finally gets it. Like Paul Rice does not need to be seen in the rest of the movie, but then once Andrew's playing and playing, we just get him, and he's like. Like an it's awe. Like when he Dana, finally, it's like DeVito and Always Sunny. He finally gets it. <laughs> not, so, not gets it, gets it, but he plays so brilliantly. That moment for me is like the moment that makes the ending. Like the end, it's one of my favorite endings, period, ever. And it's not because, oh, we have Neiman being victorious or him coming out on top. I view it as kind of a horrifying ending for everything. You have, I, you could definitely view that Paul Reiser, that shot of Paul Reiser as ho- oh he's in awe. I think it's a horror. I I think it's like oh he's completely gone. Oh yeah, like, to that I lost side. my son. Yeah, wow. that's okay. kind of how I view it. Okay. I need I need I need to watch that back again because he doesn't I, look I got, happy. He I does just, not look he, happy. He's okay. like yep. interesting. It's not neutral either. I got caught up in like the in the hype of it that I I'll admit I, I mean I got a little too caught up in it. I'll admit. But Logan, you were throwing your hand up in the air. Why don't you go ahead and expand well, on that as well? Two things. One. One thing I really like about it is Neiman isn't, like, this talent, this, like, super talented guy. I mean, he wasn't even first chair in the regular band. The only reason he got picked is because Fletcher basically told him what to learn. Like, again, if you look throughout, he gets lucky. Lucky with the papers being gone. And then the one time his luck runs out is when the car gets a flat tire. And, again, he doesn't end up winning the position. And so a, a lot of it is, it, is it luck or is it Fletcher pulling the strings the whole time? That's got him to this point. And especially at the end, because it's not, even though he gets what he wants, is that we do we really want that for his character? Because he has no friends. His father is the only person to support him. He's lost his girlfriend. He's lost his family. He's lost, he got kicked out of school. And basically, Fletcher gets what he wants. He gets that that perfect that Bird Parker player. I think I think that's a very very good point. I think I think that definitely delves into what we were going to talk about as Davis brought up earlier is the fact that like I mean the ending is basically Fletcher's victory. Like it, it's a it's a val, it's a oh, circle so of validation good. saying, well, I mean, because you want to talk about throwing the symbol, he embarrassed him in front of thousands of people and just toyed with him one last time, and it turned out the performance of a lifetime, a oh, nine so, minute I'm, long. I'm probably drum, gonna watch that like, later. It's it's a so I, I I forgot how long it's nine minutes. It's a nine minute drum solo it was basically. Amazing. It's unbelievable, and he's right. Like like it technically works. the movie. The movie tells us that it worked, which is like there's no like there's no victory. The smile is some false sense, and it's it's that's something I also noticed is going back 
so many times. First, the, obviously the first, not quite my tempo, when Fletcher just manipulates the crap out of him by basically saying, tell me about your parents so I can use that against you in two minutes, <laughs> which is horrible. I forgot that he just immediately pulled it out. Like, everybody looks at Fletcher like he's Darth Vader. Like, the moment he walks in, nobody looks at him except except Neiman. And Neiman's always smiling because he thinks that Fletcher likes him, and it's all an illusion. Even, even after Fletcher throws a chair at him later on, Fletcher's like, can I see you after class when he introduces Connolly? And Neiman's like all smiling and giddy because it's this entire illusion. And Fletcher just pulled the wool over his eyes the whole movie, basically. And he got sucked in again and lost. And in Fletcher's case, won. Ugh, what an ending, though. Just, yeah. What are you rating it? We're going, we're going to ratings? I guess, yeah, we've we got to get to La Land at some point, don't we? Any, any, other, any other big thoughts before we go to our rating system, though, guys? Just want to reach around the room and see what... See what... Made me want to learn an instrument watching that. I know... We'll talk about him a little more in the next section, but I, I'll do a, a soft shout-out to Justin Hurwitz's score. I know we mentioned it earlier. It's very good here. It's it's more of the performances on screen, yeah. which aren't his com- compositions or anything. But his overture toward the beginning of the movie that's over like a montage is really nice. Yes, I wrote that down, yeah. It's a really nice piece that I I love, and... I think he he adds a little bit of extra flair to the to the jazz score um, that I really enjoy, and we will definitely talk about him more in the next section. Oh, no doubt, because La La Land is just it's so good. Logan, any anything else before we before we move on to La La Land? No final thoughts before little rating system. Indeed, Alvar, I got one more thing. I wrote this down. And I I, went, I couldn't find the time to bring it up, so I'm just gonna breed off the fun fact I got here. Early on, Chazelle gave J.K. Simmons direction that quote: "I want you to take it past what you think the normal limit would be," telling him. I don't want to see a human being on screen anymore. I want to see a monster, a gargoyle, an animal. Many of the band members were real musicians or music students, and Chazelle tried to capture their expressions of fear and anxiety when they were pressed by Simmons. Chazelle said that between takes, Simmons was as sweet as can be, which he credits for keeping the shoot from being nightmarish. And, of course, Simmons deservedly won everything. He won an Academy Award, a BAFTA, a Critics' Choice Award, a Golden <laughs> Globe, and a Screen Actors Guild were all for Best Supporting Actor, and the film just crushed it at the question. award season. Go ahead, Davis. How much of J.K. Simmons' dialogue was ad-libbed, if any? I, I, need, I need to look into that further. I, I didn't find it on any of the main pages, which made me think. It, I mean, I feel like some of the stuff with, I don't know. Some of the stuff in the first Whiplash scene is directly from the short. I mean, uh, okay, yeah. the script is directly from the short. There's a couple lines that are changed, but nothing The major. only line he improvised is when he called Miles Teller a self-righteous little It's <laughs> the only line he improvised. You can say that. Uh, I don't know if you can say that. Okay, you can guy. bleep out guess the word. I guess we're going to bleep out that word. It's Let not a bad word. Here's, hey, man. Here's my final thing that you didn't mention. Whenever oh, yeah. Neiman tackled Fletcher, J.K. Simmons cracked two ribs. Whoa. Mm. Wow. Commitment, commitment, <laughs> the commitment to to the to the entire film. And again, it got it won Academy Awards for Best Film Editing and Best Sound Mixing, like you mentioned, Thank Josh. God. And it definitely it definitely deserved it. Also being nominated for Best Picture and Best Adapted Screenplay instead of Regular Screenplay. There was some controversy there because technically, since it was based on the short, it got to count as adapted versus yes. original. Their rules are odd. If you if it's based on a short. It goes immediately to adapted. Sequels go immediately to adapted, even huh. if they're original. Like That's... this year, Glass Onion, the new Knives Out movie, goes to adapted, even though the original was nominated huh. for original screenplay. And that that's even a weirder case because Glass Onion only carries one character over. Exactly. Right? It's, it's, yeah. Even, that's really weird. Yeah. Because Chazelle even said he was shocked by it, but again, it wins a bunch and it should have won screenplay. I'm guess what, guess what, what won? Guess what won? Uh, 
Imitation game. Imitation game. Let's go. Hey, look. I'll be happy with it. Come I'll be on. happy with it, I man. Won't. Hey, look. <laughs> it's the what? best of these by far. That, Whiplash, not not imitation game. That's that's fair. That's fair. But I I, I, lo- I love my imitation game, and I'll I'll support it no matter what. Anyway, um, let's see the rating system. I mean, ten. Ten. <laughs> like it's just <laughs> Logan. Ten. I go back and forth between nine and ten, but I think I'm gonna go ten just to kind of keep it uniform. Now we 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 allow decimals, though. Davis is very angry. We'll, we'll, I only allow, we will point allow five. A if point you go like five. a point six, the, I'm not going point. Six. The roof okay. is coming down. I will I will give it a nine point five. Okay, okay, yeah, cool. We've had people do nine point twos on here. No, before. no, 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 no. no. <laughs> yeah, like it, it, I think it was Sydney about like Azkaban or something. I said oh just make it goodness. a nine. Okay, Azkaban's a ten though. That that that's true. Yes, that 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 it is it is as, it is as close to ten as any of the Harry Potter movies get. For no sure. doubt about that. That's the next one, David. I know. It's the know next one. Ay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, I mean, 10, 10, 10, 9.5. That means a group average of, I don't even, I can't do the math in my Is head, but it's pretty high. Just a 9.8 something. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Boom. Anyway, um, David knows some things. But now, guys, we can move on to La La Land. Arguably the main event of the evening, I say only because most people listening have probably seen La La Land and not seen Whiplash, admittedly. Yeah. Because one has a more broad general audience appeal, I would say, versus Whiplash, which is just one hour and 46 minute torture sequence between Fletcher and Miles Teller's character, Neiman. So obviously, La La Land stars Ryan Gosling as Sebastian and Emma Stone as Mia, both reuniting from Crazy Stupid Love. I'm not sure if they did any movies in between then or that. But I think they might have done one. Gangster Squad. Gangster Squad, that. yep. Oh, I still haven't seen that. What a movie. <laughs> have you seen Gangster Squad? No, I haven't seen it. <laughs> it's not a good movie. It is the greatest just throw-on action movie you ever Awesome. Watch. Love it. Sean Penn rips someone in half at the start of the film. It's crazy. What? With the Mike car. Adam does that too, I want to say. He Uh-oh. gets two cars and they rip them in half, and, J- and Josh Brolin is the main character. Awesome. I'm going to have to watch that movie. John Legend is Keith. J.K. Simmons is back, everybody. So exciting. And... Rosemary DeWitt as Laura Wilder, and then again, that's not... The movie has like four characters, which is, yeah. man, his strong suit, honestly, I would say at this point. Compared, to, we'll compared yeah. to what we'll see next. Written and directed by Damon Chazelle, again, he first conceived the idea for film while attending Harvard University with Justin Hurwitz, who's the film's composer. And after moving to Los Angeles in 2010, Chazelle pinned the script but did not find a studio willing to finance the production without changes to his design. After the success of Whiplash, the project was picked up by Summit Entertainment. Miles Teller was actually originally attached along with Emma Watson, but both dropped out, making way for Gosling and Emma Stone. And eventually Chazelle, we'll talk about this later, won Best Director, which he's the youngest winner of all time at 32 years of age. Already in his prime, it seems like. Cinematography, Malinus Sandgren. He has worked on American Hustle, Joy, First Man, which I kind of forget is a Damien Chazelle movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really good, though. It's great. It's so good. I just kind of forget sometimes. No Time to Die, Don't Look Up, and Babylon, which is, of course, upcoming. We'll talk about that a bit towards the end. Edited once again by Tom Cross, deservedly so, because he's awesome. And then Hurwitz is back and better than ever. The film's opening number, Another Day in the S- of, of Sun. Shot on an L.A. freeway, received praise for its choreography, while City of Stars and Audition, or also known as The Fools Who Dream, received numerous awards and nominations. It premiered at the 73rd Venice Film Festival in August of 2016, and then released in December 9th of 2016, which is, <gasps> would have been tomorrow. That's crazy. I didn't even, I didn't even put really? that together. And on a bigger budget of $30 million, it smashed at the box office with over $448 million worldwide, which nowadays, for a movie that is not connected to an IP and is an original... Pretty crazy. That's pretty, pretty, That's pretty great. Good. That's not an action movie and not connected to a known universe, which is what we have left in terms of box office. We'll see 
I guess, or or if it's got blue people in it, then it makes money. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> that's La a La franchise Land. now. It, it might, might as well be. He's got eight of them coming out. We'll exactly. see how that goes. Record breaking seven awards from its seven nominations at the seventy fourth Golden Globe Awards. But La La Land, kind of in the same where where I think. I think Whiplash almost examined the dangers of pushing an artist too hard. La Land more explores the dangers of hopes and dreams versus reality in Hollywood. Because it's never nearly as glamorous as we think. For every artist that makes it big, there's a hundred artists that don't. And that movie explores it thoroughly. I mean, Logan, you got the dang soundtrack with you. We're all, it's so good. Great soundtrack. It is. It's my yard work soundtrack, actually. <laughs> I start raking the wheat leaves and I start tap dancing around. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Is that right, Logan? Okay. I have. Okay, I gotta see that. I, be- I believe it. I believe it. Um, obviously, Dave, you look like you're about to say something. Got some I was gonna make a joke about. I'm gonna save the joke to when we start talking more about the movie. I mean, no, we can talk you, about it now. I mean, what? fine. What you- <laughs> I was gonna. You mentioned tap dancing, and I, I, I was remarking throughout the movie that once she tap dances with Ryan Gosling during the movie. What bass is tap dancing, first of all? What do you mean? Like, what bass, first bass, second bass, third bass, where does tap, <laughs> dancing, where does tap dancing fall within that? Second bass. Did she cheat be. on her boyfriend the second she started tap dancing with him? I, so I, I said, I forgot about the boyfriend, and then he showed up, and I'm like... It was the guy from Big Short. It was. And it was, Last Black Man. It was the guy Francisco. from something. Finn, Finn, he was, he was like from Finn another something. movie. I can't remember the movie he's in, but he was from another thing. Anyway, it doesn't matter. The point is... I mean, what, what 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 base is tap dancing? I don't know. I'm gonna say it's a uh, first base. It's first and a half. First, first and a half. You, you you get thrown out as you're. And running what is second. first base for all of you? <laughs> I need. I, no, listen, listen, listen. We're you're not, gonna say it's first and a half. We need to know what the baseline Davis, is. I am gonna turn off your microphone. We are not what? having this discussion. First, you don't have to answer. first base is what standard first base is. And moving on to the actual movie. <laughs> wait, wait. You do you know why Emma Stone didn't do the film? Didn't do, she uh, did Emma do Watson. Emma Watson, Emma Watson, Emma Watson. I mean. Emma Watson? No. It's because she shot Beauty and the Beast at the same time. And Ryan Gosling was originally supposed to be in Beauty and the Beast. Right. But he, he was going to be Belle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, that's what it was. What is your problem? <laughs> I, I can't make jokes anymore? <laughs> He's funny. Oh, that was good. I liked it. I liked it. Thank you. Thank you. Man, talk about, talk about missing by going, hmm, La La Land or Beauty and the Beast live action remake? Beauty and the Beast? No. I heard it's not bad. No. It, okay, no. okay. Plus, the thing is, in the, probably get in more the annals of live-action Disney remakes, that Beauty and the Beast movie is probably the best one, but that's because the rest I of like them Aladdin. suck. Jungle Book's good. It's the only good thing John Favreau's ever made. <laughs> he was Eric the Clown. He was Eric the Clown. We can all though. agree what the Lion John King Favreau sucks, What did John Favreau do to you, man? That, yeah. John Favreau made my, like, my second least favorite movie of all time with what? Lion King 2019. Oh, that's what I'm saying. What about Chef, though? I'm never watching Chef. <laughs> what? I have a Chef running thing. gag with my friends that I will never watch Chef. My brother made me watch We're Chef. We're going to hold like, you down like, like Clockwork Orange. <laughs> Clockwork Orange. Like, ah, Chef, please! <laughs> ah, oh he's cooking! He's, he's making a Cuban! He's <laughs> making a grilled cheese! He's in this food truck, please! Okay. <laughs> Eric the Clown did put out the fire with his big shoe. <laughs> I, want, I just want to say. With what? His big shoe. Because George pushed the old lady over when he sees the fire in the kitchen. And then Eric the Clown puts it out. You don't stop talking. Eric Clown. I swear to God. It's a good episode. Hey, man, whatever you say, whatever you say. But all Land, I think, one, it's it's shocking because the studios did not want it because they didn't want a, tr- a, a musical without popular songs. But that's the one reason I really like it because, and I mean this respectfully to my friends, listeners, colleagues, whatever, who are fans of The Greatest Showman. But 
I'm going to say as a, as a no. Go ahead. No, I, I'm not a greatest Shepard like, fan. I, I like how these songs have actual substance. I mean, them versus just singing while we're drinking beer at the bar or exactly. singing while we're driving to work or singing while we're trying on fun clothes. Which, again, my musical exposure is very limited, so I'm not going to pretend that all musicals are like that, obviously. But, like, the opening song is literally an entire thing about the fact that, like, it's all glitz and glamour. Oh, wait, it's now we're still sitting in cars stuck in traffic. Like, exactly. The whole song is literally, like, telling you the plot of the movie. Mm-hmm. In, in a sense... And it keeps going on from there and there. Gosh, it's I, I I just I really like again, it's the same thing where I just think everything is so good. I think relating to what we talked about with our Harry Potter episode last week about getting romantic chemistry between Leeds, Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling are like perfect. They I think so. I okay. They're good. So for the longest time now, I want to say three years, I kind of just defaulted to this being my favorite movie ever. I believe that's what you yeah, said when I you said came, I definitely you said it last time because I went back and checked. I was like, did I say something about it? I did. I, I'm kind of toying with the idea of switching it out for some other ideas. But I'm for right now, we'll say yes. This is my favorite movie, period. What would Just, be the other ones you'd want to switch it out with? There's a couple. Um, I, you I, if you don't want to share. Give me a sec. Maybe at the end, once uh, I get yeah, to we'll, rating, we'll, then we'll, I'll come we'll, back we'll keep This is my second favorite movie. This is number two. Number, number two. Number two. Number two behind. Okay, Logan. Oh, yeah. my namesake. You know, I do love Logan. It's, it's, it's the only one that made me cry. See now, now I won't. I won't dare mention. Movie, what, Davis and I won't dare mention what our favorite movie is because Josh was already on that episode <laughs> of the podcast. So <laughs> if you need to figure it out, just scroll back. That, wait, you talking about Interstellar? Oh yeah, we're talking. That's about not Interstellar. my favorite. It, it, you it's talked one about one of them. Yeah, I love it, but yours is probably Lahain. Oh, that's a good pick. Is it Moonlight? No, Moonlight's Last Black Man in San Francisco, maybe. Children of Men. Is oh, oh that's yeah. A Sorry, I forget. Much I sometimes... better movie than Interstellar, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm i inclined to agree, you, you but cut I with love knives Interstellar. So deeply. I love Interstellar. We'll be doing our Children of Men episode at the end. It's going to be so Last exciting. Black Man in San Francisco, Moonlight, and Lahaine are up there, though. See, All great picks. I, All I, amazing movies. Because I, I like, somebody told me to put my, um, let's see, because Brayden was like, you have to put your favorite movies on Letterboxd. And I was like, oh, I didn't know we could do that. So right, Let's go check what, what my, Alex's Letterboxd no, says. No, oh, no, no. it's crazy. It's terrible because it's, it's incredible. It's two movies that I, Ooh, that last like, it's two movies that I really Samurai. like and the two movies that are like, okay, they're really good. It's, 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 a, it's a balance. I'll admit, it's favorite. It's not, look, okay, okay, you're laughing. You're let's laughing. let the record show that Alex currently has Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest in his favorite. I have no shame. That movie's awesome. It's good. I love that movie. I, yeah. I have no shame. I'll admit, is it perfect? No, it's 100 hours long and it goes a bit long. But, hey, man, Davy Jones looks great in this 2006, so thumbs up to that. Dumb. That's all I will say. God, look, yes. man, look, man, I got, I got no shame. Awesome movie. I'm going to anyway. check yours real quick. Mine? What? I'm going to check you. I want to see what you Oh, uh, let me see what my no. favorites are right now. See, the rules. Oh, are, I have 2022 movies. We're not allowed to read these off on the air. We just have to have other people keep reading them off for us instead. Nobody's allowed to go up and defend <laughs> You can read mine off. All right, Logan, you've got Logan, Lawland, Dead Poets Society, and Rocky. Rocky's Di- not number four, but I, I diverse have it on Diverse there. selection. I quite oh, like these it. Oh, these just this year's? These are yes, this year's. I, okay, so, so that's not indicative then. Right now, my favorites on Letterboxd are some underrated movies that I love from this year. I can give my four favorites that I have in my, 20, my top 25 list. Right now, my four favorites, number one, La La Land, number two, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, Ooh. number three, Hereditary, and Ooh. number four, Moonlight. Oh, yeah. Solid and selection. that could very easily, like, tomorrow change. Yeah. I would say. My fourth changes a lot. Yeah, my fourth switches around. I would say right now, I think Moonlight's safely in there, but let's, let's so I'll good. throw out honorable mention, honorable mention Evil Dead 2. 
I, Ooh, no, oh, yo. We're supposed, to, we're supposed to get to those. At my some fourth point. one. <laughs> there's a good chance my fourth one might what be is your, changing uh, to Hell or High Water. <laughs> I cannot <laughs> explain to you how much I love that movie. You it put it on in the so bullpen good. yesterday. That, move, that movie's hilarious, it, but yeah. I've, I've talked to Davis uh, like at varying times over the last three weeks, and he's like, I'm like, Davis, what you been up to? He's like, oh, I just watched Teller High Water. Oh, dude. <laughs> that's like, so we, good. I have, it on, I have it on Blu-ray. I don't have internet wait, in my house. I picked him up from, from Mobile and, dr- and drove him here, come back from winter break, and he's like, yeah, well, I, or from Thanksgiving. He's like, yeah, I watched this. I watched Teller High Water. And then, and then we got to, to his apartment. He's like, I think I'm going to watch Teller High Water again. And I was like, oh, my God. There's a good chance I did. I, I mean, I that did. movie's awesome because Taylor Sheridan Phenomenal. is him in terms of directing the Western. Just put him on uh, the pedestal. He didn't direct that one. McKin- uh, he wrote it, though, right? Yeah, he, he wrote, wrote it. Okay, sorry, sorry. Taylor Sheridan wrote that. Uh, Wind Sicario River. and Wind River. Yep. And then, of it's course, the he's been doing trilogy. Yellowstone forever. Is yeah. Yellowstone good? Uh, apparently. I heard it's really good. I've heard it's good. Everyone says Look, it's good. I'll just say Not this, and, we'll, and we'll, move, we'll move on to the favorites. I'm just saying I had to put Dead Man's Chest on there because I saw it seven times when I was a child. But other than that... <laughs> Okay. okay. I saw Spy love, Kids 3D love, seven times. Like, I've seen holes a thousand hey, look, times. You don't see look, it on mine. Look, man. I think you meant in yours. theaters. I, no, I meant I mean in, in theaters. I meant I, mean, uh, I, I saw it in theaters. I saw Cats reason, and Dogs 2 twice. I'm the, I'm the reason it made a billion dollars. But I also, <laughs> I also just wanted to put two movies I really could watch a thousand times, and that is one of them. I'll admit. But anyway, on to La La Land, because there's so much. Back to, to La La Land. Back to La La Land, I guess, is more like it. I mean, I just think it's it takes so many of the great points that – Whiplash already had incredible dialogue, incredible editing, a score that, Josh, like you mentioned, is, I think, much better, just because there's more of it, There's honestly. more, yeah. There's a lot more going on with that, and I think it it injects a personal, more personal story to it, which is part of what makes it, I think, more enjoyable to people, because yeah. Whiplash is great, but you don't really like anybody. Like, you like no. him, but, but about yeah. an hour in, he's kind of a jerk, and he stays that way, and he doesn't really doesn't really get any better there with these i mean it's just two people trying to you know achieve their dreams ryan gosling's kind of a jerk in this no he's awesome Wait, no i'm kind of with davis on this he's no he's, he's jerk. such he's, i can't say the he, god i can't say the word you, yeah because you can't Wait, he's, he's a very butt. he's, he's very the word he said earlier no oh he's oh very, yeah that as well yeah he's very self-obsessed and he's very much like he i think about that's which, why I which love them, though, though they 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 both are in a sense because I'm going to talk about the the dream sequence at the end in a bit. Obviously, when we get to the end, because the ending is the, I mean, <laughs> the that, best scene. That's ever. what had me tweeting about crying at the edge today is because I had that on, and some guy behind yeah. me was like, "Who would watch La, La Land by themselves?" And I'm like, "You know, I can hear you. I didn't, I didn't say anything, but they had a comment. That's funny. Say. That's funny. It was it, like <laughs> they were like, like no. So I literally said, like, somebody said like was, I was at a booth, there was a table behind me, and they're like he's watching La, La Land, and I'm just like. I guess my headphones are not that big, so I can hear outside of them. Yeah. Like, there aren't noise cancels. I was just like, I didn't know how to react. I would have been like, hey, I can hear you, man. I, I, was about, <laughs> I was about to just like, you know, I was about to just be like that, but I didn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't, want, to, I didn't want to do that in, in the yeah. public setting. I gave, it's like, who's eating beans in the theater? That's what <laughs> <laughs> One time when I was in music appreciation freshman year, uh, I was watching the Creed 2 fight <gasps> where he like, he gets hyped up. That gets me amped. Oh but I was goodness. watching that, and I could see in the reflection of my computer, the guys behind me were like, Yo, what's this guy doing? <laughs> and I like, I gave like a little turn and like a nod and a thumbs up. <laughs> no, but anyway, um, I think they're kind of both because th- like that—that's the whole point of the movie is that they're they're both a bit self-obsessed, but it's also because they're just they just w- really want something. Yeah, and it's just that that they they want something in order to be happy, and they don't allow it to. They obviously allow it to break themselves up in the long run, but they don't allow it to so much negatively affect. 
each other. Sebastian doesn't handle things so great down the line, I think, because he is clearly the more insecure of the two because he joins John Legend's band just because he hears Emma Stone on the phone one time. He's like, well, yeah. guess I gotta... Which I can't, Keith, that's his name. Keith, yeah. Like, he joins that and... But even then, right, even when he's doing that... He looks happy when he's on stage doing that absurd fake jazz, whatever yeah. the heck you want to call it. Like it's, 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 it's completely ridiculous. The song yeah. is kind of good. But he, the song is good. The, the song is kind of good. I'm he, not accepting I'm going to say kind of. No, the song's bad. He, anyway, he, he <laughs> clearly, like, it was like he clearly enjoys himself and is happy on yeah. stage. And then Mia looks horrified almost for it. And it's just like I think, they're, I think Sebastian is more vocal in it, but I think they're both very self-obsessed. Because you have to be to be an artist in Hollywood. Yeah. Before, like that. So I think they're both not great. Sebastian, more so not as good. Because I think he's more selfish, in a sense. That's that's one of the things I like about the film, though, because it feels like a natural evolution from oh, yeah. Whiplash. This is my only complaint about Whiplash, is like the whole relationship thing, which is not really developed. Like, again, because there wasn't a lot of room in the film developed. Yeah, they have like that, two scenes. Yeah, they have like there. two scenes yeah. in the whole film. This is like if they took that concept and made it into its own film. Because the same thing as Whiplash, it's his dream to become the greatest drummer of all time, and he realizes he's not going to be able to have that with the relationship. Well, these are two a lot more sane people who realize you sane know, <laughs> try to good. make it work, oh, and, yeah. and it doesn't in the long run. Exactly, and I think again, it's just every single one of the songs is so good, and again, every single one of them means something. Like again, I just love that there's not a wasted moment like the somewhere someone in the crowd or whatever is this completely senseless song because she goes and she's like guys we're gonna we're gonna get spotted by a random producer and then she goes to the party and she's like wait it yeah. sucks here and it always sucks here and it continues mm-hmm. to suck which is just the way that Dude, what are you doing over there man just typing something <laughs> you got homework during the podcast <laughs> am i not still contributing i want to add i've been t- i've been with it the whole time yeah I- I'm just messing with you. Davis is with I get that, singled right? out. I can make jokes, Davis? Wow. I couldn't make a joke earlier, if no, you recall. No, no, you couldn't. And admittedly, this movie kind of broke a lot of records. It, again, won seven awards from seven nominations at the Golden Globes. Best Motion Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, Best Actress, Best Screenplay, Best Original Score, and Best Original Song. And it broke the record for what movie, guys? What movie originally had the most Golden Globe victories that was broken Been by Land? Nope, Davis, but it's one you really, really like. <laughs> and I'll give you a hint. It's an older movie. It has... Is Titanic? No. What? Titanic. I don't like no, Obviously no, no. Titanic is, is the Oscar uh, record for nominations. Oscar, yeah. That's a whole other one. One I really like that's Globes. older. Older. Men. Um, we've talked about it on podcasts before. I think we just talked about it for our Movies Where the Villains Win episode. No. For a little hint. Oh, I will primal give, fear? No, I'll give you I'll give you a few <laughs> more seconds because you're you're guessing. <sighs> Movies where the villains win. What do we talk about on that episode? Um I'll give you one last hint. Please, it takes God. place at a hospital. Oh, uh one foot of oh, Exactly. That, that could that could crack my top four. Like so that it's was the original holder for that. And that you mentioned sense. you mentioned Titanic. Well the film received a record tying fourteen no- nominations at the Academy Awards tying Titanic. Which is absurd. <laughs> fourteen nominations. Good film. Crazy. <laughs> I mean, in fairness, most of the nominations are technical, and it was yes. very ahead of its time. It's, uh, thank, thank the Lord it's not too many acting nominations, respectfully, to Titanic, because, well, <laughs> it, 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 it wins a lot of the technical categories, because yeah. there weren't that many movies pushing the boundaries of technical stuff back then as there were yeah. now. Like, everybody's got visual effects in some form or another, where back then, it was kind of just James Cameron, and then Peter Jackson just showed up, too, and it was like, 
Yeah, it was yeah. it was them. So I'll give it that. But again, it gets those 14 nominations. It wins six. Best Director, Best Actress, Best Cinematography, Best Original Score, Best Original Song, which was City of Stars, and Best Production Design. And that, so that was tying the record for All About Eve and Titanic, yeah. which both have the 14. And then the other nominations were Best Picture, Best Actor, Best Original Screenplay, Best Film Editing, Best Costume Design, and a second nomination for Best Original Song. So it had two there for that one. And then, of course, Sound Editing and Sound Mixing. So, yeah, it, it's... I mean, it, it, it took a lot of it them. It cleaned house. Hot, it did. Hot take, audition, The Fool's Dream was a better song than City of Stars. City of Stars was an, like, iconic, iconic scene, so of course it won. But the song... I think I'm with you. Is, I'm just saying better lyrically. I, I think if I was to give a win in the song category to this movie, it, I would probably go with The Fool's Who Dream. I mean, The Fool's Who Dream is just... it's. I, I mean, think, other than the ending, it's my favorite scene in the movie. I think City of Stars gets gets the points because it's it's more it's it, motif is not the right word or is it? It comes back in. Yeah, that's the one he plays the yeah. piano. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. It, it, it's 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 like like if, if somebody says what's the theme of La La Land, like the main theme, I'm going to say it's that song or exactly. which, me and Sebastian's theme. True, true, but which the, also it, has the similar note structure. Yeah, it, yeah. it even Stars, runs it. Yeah. So it's just because it was the iconic one. Exactly. And we, we've discussed before that uh, voters are kind of stupid. You can listen to our Get Out episode if you want to hear about how stupid <laughs> voters are. I won't get into it right now. I don't remember what we said. Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you afterwards. It was pretty bad. Um, but anyway, I mean, it it, it, cl- I it cleaned. <laughs> no, not what you said. What, no, what, I just no. I don't remember what we even talked about. Well, basically, like, I can, like, a few um, people thought episodes. that Get Out was playing the race cards. That's what they oh yeah, I remember that. It. They uh, said they should just enjoy no. that it was a good horror movie, a good fun horror movie, and leave it at that, and not play the race okay. card. Yeah. That's what an old anonymous voter said. So, um, oh, old people, stupid take. Yeah. Anyway, that has not aged well. Get Out is one of the best movies of the last decade. Exactly. Anyway, um, so I mean, this movie, we can talk about the ending. I mean, what do you guys want to talk? Because there's just so much, and only again, short runtime, two hours and eight minutes but there's so much going on it kind of it flies i mean it's another one where just the editing just works together with the pacing yes. to just kind of it's really smooth feeling it, is. it just doesn't I, feel long at all it's you know there's a lot going on too. yeah i i think on an objective level i think i would say whiplash might be the better movie mm-hmm. i love la la land way too much though because like it has the emotional core that whiplash doesn't have exactly and that's what i look for a lot more in movies but La La Land just has everything going for it where it's like, I think the screenplay's great. I think those performances are pretty great. Emma Stone specifically, that win and lead actress, I adore. I don't think, like, Ryan Gosling, I think, is good in the movie. His nomination just kind of came along with the movie, and I'm mm. glad that he didn't Even win Even though he did it. win best, best Actor for the Golden Globes. Which he which shouldn't have. Fair enough. But... I mean, I guess he's in musical comedy at the Globes, so of course he's he pretty funny in this. He's yeah, he funny. Has, he yeah. has good comedic timing. Yeah. Him and the nice guys. Well, Davis, you so know, he, nice guy. you know, should have been nominated you know, for the nice guys. You know, he would have been running up against for best actor this this Oscars was. Um, I'm not saying he should have. No, it's Casey Affleck at Manchester by the I sea. did not say yeah. he should win. No, I know. I, Casey I, Affleck should. I, win. I know that. I know that. I know that. I just wanted to bring it up because I know that you would <laughs> have said that. That's yeah. one of the best acting performances in the last ten years for yes. me. I haven't even yeah. seen it, and I'll agree oh, with it. I'll say that right now. These are very that. good performances. It's a phenomenal. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. And that's... It was originally going to be Matt Damon. Did you know that? Wow. Really? It was. In Manchester? It was, but yeah. then there was like a I'm scheduling I'm glad it was Casey Affleck. As much as that would have like been Matt interesting Damon. to see Matt yeah. Damon in Casey that Affleck's role. just him sometimes. I, awesome. I really do not like Casey Affleck, but I <gasps> love that. No, no, no. He's <laughs> no, he's valid. 
completely bad. I, I was just gonna say he's a great actor, but there are some allegations. There's some oh, okay, okay, wait. I, I haven't actually heard any of this. Yeah. Like, it's yes. what you expect from uh, a Hollywood allegation. No. I'm only talking about him as an actor. <sighs> okay, okay, okay. It's I, a great performance. I, I didn't. I, I did not. I did not understand exactly what direction you were going in that. I no, don't even remember good. hearing about that. But uh, that's unfortunate and annoying. Yeah. As as it always seems to be. I, I got, mean. Oh, go ahead, Logan. I got some stats for you. Ooh, what do you got for me? So both two of those iconic scenes in this movie. Um, no Day of Sun had to be filmed really quickly because it was on an actual highway. And it's awesome. only three shots, and they merged them together into making one simultaneous shot. Um, and then A Lovely Night, they also could only shoot that four or five times. So they only did that. That was like 30 minutes of a window that they filmed all of those scenes in. So. Awesome. And, I mean, he, he makes the most of his time. I mean, yeah. we saw him film all of Whiplash in 14 days or however long it was. So, I mean, or 17 days, 14 yeah. hours a day. I just think, Goodness. again, I – it really is about the emotional core for me. That's just what makes it so different because it's it's like again, it's like he was testing the waters of the concept with Whiplash, and he's like, "All right, guys," which honestly it checks out because if he wrote La La Land first, he's like, "All right, guys, I want you to see the concept, and then imagine me take it to the next level with yeah. two incredible actors who have incredible chemistry." I think that makes it work because that the whole movie rests on that, yeah, and it's just it ends up being amazing, and everything's just so easy. Like, I mean. Even 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 such simple like um, notices like the fact that spring is when their relationship starts, summer is like the whole montage, and then fall is the first scene they break up basically, which yeah. is just incredible. I also really really love the technique. Whoever I mean, I'm sure it's Chazelle's idea because he uses it in Whiplash. It's more common in this one is the like dipping out of the entire surrounding to yeah. sort of bring the performer in their own world, really and like then that. afterwards they sort of go back to reality. Because I think that's one of the main ideas is. How performers, actors, actresses, so on and so forth, can sort of exist in their own world, especially when they're performing. But then you have to go face the music of an empty room or a boring, a bored um, director or whatever. And I think this film utilizes it in pretty much every performance, which makes it equally as effective and just as good. I thought you were going to mention the whip pan, which he uses in both. Oh the yes, he does. Which is so good. It's so cool. <laughs> which it's a lot. I think it's a lot better in La La Land. It's a lot more smooth. Like. Like I feel like he stops on it better in La La Land, and it's really cool in Whiplash. And, and of course, that that kind it's more of more iconic I mean, in La La Land. It, it even sure. becomes, I think, thinking back, it becomes really iconic from that scene in The Black Swan when they're doing the spinning around from Natalie Portman's perspective or yep. whatever. That I don't, I, I, I don't know that. if that's. I mean, that that's not the first time it was done, obviously, but that kind of popularized it further. And I agree, like especially when they're doing like the performances going back and forth between the piano and or yes. the dancing and the stage. That's just so. Have you seen like the so video of them actually good. doing it? No. Like, it's just a guy. Like, there's a oh, guy yeah. with a camera, and they just tap on the shoulder, and he flips it. Yeah. So, no, so that, so cool. that's, that's the video of Black Swan. It's a dude just literally spinning it around yeah. over and over again. It's like, so he catches crazy. it. And it, and the actual scene in Black Swan itself looks awesome. It's really, really good, which why that movie is also in the same vein as these. Obviously, not Chazelle-directed, but tortured artist. Yeah. Kind of a little crazy. They're all obsession-themed. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That one's a little crazy. Cameron said we should have done, like, Whiplash and Black Swan together. Ah, we, did, we wanted to pair the yeah. Chazelle. No, 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 I, I, or yeah. Whiplash and Sound of Metal would have also worked. Do, okay, if y'all are going to do a Black Swan episode, do it with Drums. Requiem for a Dream. Ooh. Interesting. Or The Wrestler. You could do The Wrestler, too. <gasps> I love the, the wrestler. wrestler. That's a great movie. Anyway. Is that um, similar to The Fighter? I don't know about that. No, no. Do not bring up David Russell. It's about We got David Russell. We got David Russell. Hold on, we have a gunpoint right now for saying that. Oh my gosh, we just shot. <laughs> oh my god! Boom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, let's talk about that ending though, because that's kind of the iconic. Every, I mean, before I ever saw this movie, I saw the Instagram videos of just, oh my god, they're string back and forth with each other. I mean, the entire final twenty minutes is just. I didn't know any of that was going to happen. 
It'll be completely crazy. Honest. What do you mean? Yeah. I didn't know any of that was going to happen in this movie, Alex. Like it just feels like, like I I thought they ended up together. Wait, 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 wait. Like, this the first time I watched for you? Is t- I saw the first half like probably a year ago, and this okay. is the first time I've seen it all the way through. Okay, wow. gotcha, gotcha. Okay, yeah. really? That changes things a little bit. I was like confused about that. No, yeah. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I, I was like, like I, forgot, I forgot the ending. <laughs> I saw it 30 times. I just forgot. Yeah, yeah. That, the, that, that'd the be a line for final me. 20 minutes just kind of gets a little blurry. I mean, yeah. the ending is just so incredible. The fact that it, they, is, it was. Like, the fact that it's like, guys, five years later and around Christmas time, and I mean, just the gut punch when she gets home and – and well, she him. has someone. It's not him. Yeah. Yeah. Just some it's dude. Not, it's just some guy. Why could have been like Brad Pitt or something? <laughs> no. I'm kidding. <laughs> Yo, I'm bringing up the worst people. <laughs> I just think of good actors. Like, a hot actor. You'd be like, oh, she's with Brad well, Pitt. Well, they had, okay. they had okay. Ryan Gosling. You know, they kind of... You can't uh, really beat that. They should have... You know she, she had the driver from Drive. They should have committed to the bit and just had Ryan Reynolds in there. Both the Ryans. No. Nope. Uh, not jo- a bit. Okay, you know what? If they had Ryan Reynolds in there, that would not be my favorite movie. He comes in and goes, hey, guys, I guess I got married to her. Some, <laughs> almost said a bad word again. <laughs> hey, be wary. Be wary. I didn't. Um, Hold I just, your tongue, you what, What's up? Sorry. Go ahead. Not to cut you off. That's one thing right. I noticed on this watch through is whenever she hears what is me and Sebastian's theme, the thing he plays at the original, what is it, the Christmas night that he wasn't supposed to play? Yes. She goes and sees him at Rebel for, Without the Cause, but if you watch whenever he they're doing the photo shoot and he's missing her show, he plays the theme and thinks about leaving and then doesn't. And that's when the relationship starts to collapse. Ah, uh, yeah. Because it's not – and again, at the end, you see her happy with the kid because it wasn't – she wasn't the problem. It was always him. Even though you may want to say with her job, she was sacrificing for him. You know, That's a good point, actually, because he does have that contemplation. He just sticks around and sticks to the The whole the argument shoot. they have at dinner just proves that he's in the wrong. Like, that's yeah. – yep. he's I, in no, the wrong. Again, again I agree. I agree Such 100%. A... So that's what I was going to talk about. So two things. One, um, Chazelle uh, said that he, Gosling, and Emma Stone basically rewrote that dinner argument yep. just to make it as authentic as possible, which is why it is so oh, it's authentic. It's uncomfortable it's to watch. It's so – I mean, I, I didn't even write down some lines because I was just glued to my the screen. I couldn't take on my phone and write it. But, like, some of the things – I'm trying to remember if what um Something like you crave attention. He's like, well, that's why you're an actor. Oh yeah, it's like maybe oh. maybe or like maybe you liked me uh, when I was bad because it made you feel better about yourself. Like, yeah, God, yeah, that that's where he crossed the line. And again, I'm getting to the point because I agree in the fact that it is primarily his fault. But then you know you have this ending, right? And so many things going on. Obviously, I mean, when they lock eyes, I was like. Oh, I was I was about to fall out of my chair at the edge. I was like, no, so dramatic. This it was movie. awesome. And then her vision of the future is actually what would have made her happy, technically. Because in the end, like I think that's what she realizes is she has her own vision of what it would have been like, and it's him kind of giving everything up to go be with her completely. And then that's when she realizes that it just wasn't meant to be. Yep. Like because it just because so again, as flawed as he was, and I agree with that hundred percent. Like there's a lot of scenes to show that. I think the point of the movie is that it sets us up to think one guy's in the wrong, one person's messing it up, and then she realizes. It just is how it had to go because her dream was to get there, and that vision she has is amazing. And especially when they sit at the theater and watch TV of their future life, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, what's happening here? But then it's it's really because she then realizes that was me. And in reality, it couldn't have worked because he's as happy at Seb's as he would be because it's just awesome. And it's so – the shock when she sees the sign, I was like, oh, my yeah. God, that's awesome. Just This ending is top tier. I So I – I obviously have seen this movie way too many times, and yeah. I I recommend it to people a good bit. 
I mean, I have a lot of friends who enjoy musicals and enjoy romance stuff, so I, I recommend it pretty often. And the notes that I always get back on it are, I really liked it until the ending. Mm. True. Every single time. People think, people think it's a rom-com. People Almost. think... Not rom-com, but romance. People are, are so caught up in it, and then they break up, and they want them to get back together. And I think people can't... A lot of people who don't enjoy the ending just don't can't get over... I am really caught up in the romance and can't see it as something more beyond that, something a little bit more profound. And so I always find it really interesting when it's kind of every time I always get, I didn't really like the ending just because it involves you thinking. Mm. I, I think, I think some, it also, I will say it depends because one of my friends, Anna, she's longtime listener of the show. We'll be on the Jurassic Park episode. She really just doesn't like movies that are emotional. Like not not for thought, just because that's valid. Because some people when, be, are very emotional viewers. Like I will watch movie, see the emotion, feel the emotion, but I'm not like going to start crying because of a movie unless it's the father. But anyway, I will. Yeah. And no, you will. Yeah, but, I'll cry. But like, I, like I just Do you don't count so tear I'm, up as crying. No, I, a tear needs to run down my cheek ah, okay, for it to okay, be okay, a that's cry. Fair. I count but tearing like, up as. Basically, like you're, you're almost crying. That's, you're almost yeah. counted as that's like, stage one. It, it, it brought one. It, it brought enough emotion that a tear was close to falling. About, about so time got me teared up. I about time makes me ball. <laughs> Big fish made me ball. It I, was all, me. I was like yeah. off so many. Anyway, meds. oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> I think I think some people watch movies and become so emotional that therefore it's not an enjoyable experience, which I get because like Anna does not it. like La La Land it. because it makes her very upset. Admittedly, which she also really likes the Saw movies. That's a whole other. Okay, I love the Saw movies. Do not talk about talk negative about what Saw. come on now oh it's, they're incredible <laughs> we the will, first one is and then everything all else great. Is i love them all especially are spiral? they good no but are they like good spiral? yes yeah i like spiral i like we're, them all we're moving on anyway this was a point to be brought up in, in anna's episode about jurassic park but so i kind of get where they're coming from to an extent however i think again it is that is the strength of the movie and that's the honestly I have some sympathy some points, but others not so much because, like, the movie spells out how it's going to end with the opening song. The whole point is that it's not real. Exactly. It's not re- – like, reality is much worse than the dream that we all have. That's the whole point of the movie. Yeah. And Chazelle spells it out so – he doesn't go as, you know, you know, as ambiguous with the whiplash ending. He's like, all right, guys, this is exactly how it's going to go. Yes. And he continues it. So to that extent, like, I, I, don't, I don't know why people were kind of shocked. Like, I got caught up in it too, but, like – I also recognize that was the whole point. Yeah, over and over and over again. Again, I like the ending too. It's just good. It's just, it's just good. It's good writing. Good character writing. Again, you rarely get a movie where two people just go their separate ways, which is oftentimes reality. Is the point of the movie? But yeah, I, I do think though that is a very common thread. People are like, I wanted to get back together. I hated the ending. It's like, uh, it's kind of the best part of the movie. But you know, anyway. I mean, what else can you say about La La Land? Anybody going around, going around the circle as we do. Any any final thoughts on this movie? We could talk about it forever, obviously. We look at the notes. Let's go ahead and consult. I'm, ready, I'm ready to give it a rating. You're ready to give it a rating. I've got Josh. something real quick. I right, don't. I don't think you can talk about this movie without talking about its Oscar run. Mm-hmm. It is. It has honestly become more iconic than the movie. Yeah. The classic Oscars moment where it wins seven awards over the entire night, and then. They open the envelope for Best Picture and say, La La Land wins. And then everyone from La La Land gets on stage. And the producer comes out and says, no. No, Moonlight, you guys won Best Picture. Crazy. I think deservedly. I just want to go in there. Sorry. No, 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 no. I completely agree with you. I I love La La Land so much. Favorite movie ever. I did say earlier Moonlight was four. Moonlight is 
it might be the best capital B best movie of the last decade for I, me. I I don't disagree. That's why I'm watching over it's, the break, Davis. For you, it's Davis. incredible. It's so I love that ending as well. That's I, another sad one. We're like, it's yeah, not, it's not the one that you it's want. A little bit ambiguous, but you also like. I mean, it it makes you feel things. Yes, it's, that one made me cry. Moonlight's incredible, and Moonlight being it winning, I believe it won two or three awards. It won screenplay and supporting actor, I believe. Um, it's and then it wins picture. Two wins for picture versus seven wins for picture. It's rare for yeah. the Academy to do that. And then they the upset of the century. I mean, of the it, I mean, it was crazy. Upset. And again, that 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 is, you know, I mean, I think that's as close as a one A to a one B as you're going to get in yeah. the best picture race. I mean, I'm thinking about. I, I don't mean to keep referencing the 2021 Oscars, except it's just the one episode where we watched all of the Oscars that exactly. all the Oscar movies. So like, I, it's it's more fresh in my mind. But like, that was a pretty tight. And we knew. I think we both knew Nomadland was going to win. We didn't necessarily. Yeah. Agree with it because the oh I agree I, with it we I just we just love Sound of Metal too much I think it was one of, Sound was of Metal's one of great what did you think of the 2020 Oscars 2021 yeah. the Nomadland year or no or 2022 this I guess. past year this past year I'm a huge Power of the Dog fan Power of the Dog is incredible uh oh that was my least favorite I watched all of them <laughs> okay so I, I watched hated that I watched thing. all of them Power of the Dog is my second favorite of the nominees Drive My Car is number one that's what I was saying that's Drive what I was my, wanted to my win. favorite um Coda. Coda is it's the perfect like example of that Moonlight La La Land thing. La La Land peaked too early, and then Moonlight just comes in and wins because, I mean, I guess people are more emotional about that. Coda this past year, it wins the the SAG Ensemble Award, Screen Actors Guild, and everyone sees that family up on stage and says, "Oh, we feel really good about seeing that family on stage, so we're gonna vote for Coda." Yeah, voting is so it's just so arbitrary. It's, there's there's yeah. gonna be narratives, there's gonna be things that happen. Exactly. Like it's just but again, I think I think it's as good a year as any is even as much of a debacle as twenty seventeen was, I mean you've got two incredible movies up there that both are amazing. I mean it's a it's a one A and a one B kind of year, and I think exactly. I think the Oscars are good when you get a one A and a one B, and the Oscars are not good when Green Book wins. But anyway, exactly. uh, <laughs> still will not. I'm never gonna I, I, I refused on a matter of principle too. to watch it. I've seen it. You had a point. It's fine. You had something to say there? You, you like we're doing that? No, I was just saying I don't want to watch Green Book. Well, in that case, let's do a rating before we move on to our last segment of the show, guys. We rating. To, it's going to be a, a condensed one of the. What's that? Is there not someone after? No, there isn't no. actually. So we're, we're there's no one after. Okay. Okay. So all right, I'll go first. I gave it a ten as well. I don't care. I'll give it a ten twice. Ten, easy. Also, did you know they made the script and the soundtrack at the same time? Like that's oh, really? why they they went ah from the makes sense. So, like they made the, the theme. Idea. They're like, oh yes, this is the theme. Excellent, love it. Ten. <laughs> uh oh. Nine. I get it. That's fair. I'm not going to watch it again. What? I think I need to watch it again. I th- I think watch. I mean, my second viewing was even better than my first viewing. So once you watch a full second time, I think you will honestly enjoy it more because sure. you just there's just more things you'll pick up. Cracking too many jokes notice. about the, the tap dancing. What <laughs> 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 too many jokes about tap dancing? It's like I was gonna give it a ten, but then they tap danced that one was, time. So uh, it was my fault. I was making. I was. I was like, what bass is this? <laughs> He couldn't stop thinking about what base it was. So it was it really was racket like she <laughs> cheated on her boyfriend the second she tap danced with that Speaking guy. Speaking of what base, no, I'm kidding. Uh next I'm up try guys, to float in the planetarium. Damien Chazelle has Babylon, so what do we think? Where where do we think it's gonna go? I mean he's been on a hot streak of late, but I'm not gonna lie. Babylon has not sold me trailer wise. But I also didn't watch the trailers for La La Land or Whiplash, so I don't know if maybe they just don't the movies don't lend themselves to trailers. Whiplash and La La Land both had Fine trailers. Yeah. The movies both exceed the trailers. I I'm a huge defender of the original Babylon trailer. I think the 
score that Justin Hurwitz has composed for this movie back again, is yes. incredible. Um, I'm urging everyone to go on Spotify and listen to Voodoo Mama. Um, it's a scene that in the movie has a five minute Margot Robbie dance sequence to it. Which will just sell so many t- <laughs> Exactly. I'm like, uh, it's go listen to the song. It's an amazing interesting. All right, composition. Interesting. Um, go listen to that. But that's another one that it premiered early right. in L.A. and New York. And I was terrified when those pr- like reviews started coming out because I thought it was going to be like panned. I honestly thought yeah. that people were not going to like it. And it starts – some reviews start coming out and they're very mixed but mm-hmm. in a – not in a everyone's middle of the road. It's a there are so many 10 out of 10s and there are some like 1 out of 10s. Interesting. It is one of the most polarizing movies of the huh. year in a way that I can only compare. I was thinking like what can I compare this to? And I looked back through like Metacritic for the last couple – last decade or so. The best comparison I can make is The Wolf of Wall Street. Ooh. Wolf of Wall Street when it came out was very 10 out of 10 or 1 out of 10. Um and I don't like The Wolf of Wall Street that much. I, uh-oh. Dave, Dave, I like that uh-oh. movie. I haven't seen it, admittedly. It's I, I got so many movies to watch. It's, okay. I, it's I, not I, one of my favorites, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. I'm with him. I was excited as soon as I heard the cast and stuff. But then I I like the score. And I'm it does it looks fine. But I've also – it's been so mixed. I don't know. I, I tend to like mixed movies, though. Because, like, there's some movies that, like, it'll get terrible critics. Where I'm like, it's not even that bad. There's some that get great. I honestly haven't paid attention to critics because, again, critics – I like I have been wronged by the early critics saying a movie's amazing too many times. They all told me The Force Awakens was going to be the most transcendent experience of my life. And I was like, wow, <laughs> it it's, just, it's just a 1977 remake of uh, New Hope. And the same is going but on for awesome. Avatar right now, which is kind of worrying me because I want Avatar to be good. But everybody else is like oh. – I feel good about that one. I, I mean I hope so, but I, I've been wrong yeah. too many times by the early critics. So I never paid attention to that, but like just – Honestly, just the trailer didn't sell me. Maybe it's because I'm been spurred too much by Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which I guess I just don't. Not a fan of that one. I, I like that film. It's a good movie. I I, I, I enjoy. I, it. I like it, but I guess I just I don't like. Ba- Babylon. We're, okay, so we're Whiplash in La La Land. The whole point is that what you imagine is not reality. Babylon is going for that again with this massive amount of spectacle. I yep. just don't feel like it's gonna. Le- the trailer I think is lending too much to spectacle and not much to not enough. To his normal point, and to the point that I think is makes the movie great. If, if the whole point is Hollywood's amazing, except Margot Robbie does cocaine every other scene, then that's not that's like not really going to sell me as much, I guess. But look, I'd like to be wrong. Like, and if I'm going to probably go see it, yeah. You know. Spider Man has really yellow teeth in she it. She fights a snake. He he does. He looks so. Hey, look. Honestly, though, I will probably go see it just to see Tom McGuire in another movie because love Tom McGuire. I also heard someone say, I don't know if any of you guys have seen Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights is a great movie. A lot of people were like, oh, this is sort of Boogie Nights-esque. I was like, okay, that's interesting. And then they said, Tobey Maguire, if you've seen Boogie Nights, you'll get this. Tobey Maguire has the Alfred Molina scene in Babylon. <laughs> Alfred Molina has one scene in Boogie Nights, and he steals the entire movie. As Alfred Molina is prone to do. Yes. He's awesome. So if, if Tobey Maguire's doing that, he's playing Charlie Chaplin. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. I forgot what his character name was. They've not said anything about it in the trailer it's, to show him. It's, it's, I guess he's not exactly playing Charlie Chaplin. He's playing every character in this is 
inspired by a real-life right, silent right. film uh, actor. Which would be cool. He is inspired by Charlie Chaplin. Awesome. Yep. Love it. I believe in it. Yep. Well, yeah, there you go. That's Babylon, which it's coming out when? December 20-something. Right. A so are we, a week after Avatar. We will be watching. We, 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 we will be there. We December 23rd you, wide. Right. Yeah, you so hear about Avatar? What, what about it? Um, they said, Cameron said, if they get to Avatar 5, I hope not, but, you know. Um, oh, we got a hate. We got a hate. No, I like Avatar. They're good, they're good. Hey, I man, like if, Avatar. If they look cool, they look cool, and that's the end of that discussion. But I just anyway, don't want to watch what are, five. What are you going to say? What are you going to say? He said that they're going back to Earth 200 years later. There will be battle scenes on Earth. That was his quote. Yeah, look, I don't want man. that. So I, <sighs> I don't want Avatar 5. I, I, you know, I, I, I earlier today said that I have blind faith in James Cameron, which is – which I don't. Which is – is it was admittedly Just because he went to the Marianas Trench doesn't mean I hey, trust Hey, look, man. He, look, man. He made <laughs> – he, he brought made, the bar all the way. He had to he made, lift the bar he up He made Terminator 2, so as far as I'm concerned, he has goodwill forever. Anyway, moving on to our Ministry of Truth moment, guys. This is We got two, two-parter here. Two-parter here. Because uh, there wasn't enough big I'm stuff. Glad you so. got one. I got. I always got one, Davis. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence. I'm sure you guys always already saw this quote in a Variety interview. She said, "Quote: We were told girls and boys could both identify with a male lead, but boys cannot identify with a female lead." In her lead up to being in the Hunger Games, people got really angry at her about this one because, of course, anytime people mention that, they're like, "Oh, but guys, Linda Hamilton played Sarah Connor that one time, and Sigourney Weaver played Ellen Ripley." But counterpoint to the anger of Jennifer Lawrence. If your only point is the same two female characters from the last 40 years, maybe she's right. That quote also got misconstrued. That was part of uh, Variety's Actors on Actors right. um, thing, or that the whole thing that they do for award season. She was talking to Viola Davis. It's a great uh-huh. conversation in full. Um, they're both talking, they're talking specifically like Hunger Games in comparison to Viola Davis's film this year, The Woman King, which is also oh, a right. great movie yeah. this year. Um, they were talking about specifically action heroes and how there's just not enough. And they decided to talk about coming-of-age movies and how we don't have enough coming-of-age action heroes that are female. And people took that as, oh, you want only female characters. I'm like, that's not what they were talking about. Yeah, that's because that's film Twitter for you, Exactly. It's like, the bad side of film I, I, I Again, I, I resent movies marketing-wise that pretend that they're the trailblazer personally because mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, guys, we made the first female action hero. I'm like, you didn't make the first. You're certainly helping in the fact by making more of them. But like, put, put some respect on Sigourney Weaver and Linda Hamilton's names, yeah. as always. And that, that, that was the same energy people reacted to Jennifer Lawrence with. But that's not, that's not the same discussion. It's not like the Captain no. Marvel marketing, which is something I always had issues with exactly. and still do. Yeah. They're like, guys, what if... Like they they had a thing where like guys a hero was bored and they blurted out just so the words her was on the screen. I'm like, Wonder Woman came out two years ago, y'all. Exactly. It's not yeah. you're not you're not doing what you think you're doing. She's not saying that. And again, I mean, based on the reaction that she received, is she wrong that there's a certain part of society that is still very anyway? It's just yeah. this was not one of those. Where I'm just gonna start going on the soapbox about it. I just think the fact that again, like, if you can only point out a few characters from the last forty years, maybe Jennifer Lawrence is right. I agree. That. I mean, it's just, you know, it's... Final it, point on that, go watch The Woman King. It's oh, yeah. on. It's as if good as... If you feel so inclined. Aliens and Terminator 2. Ooh. So, there you go. I, I also am not the biggest fan of you, you. They're both good. <laughs> Woman King's better than both, actually. Oh, wow, interesting. There you go. Was, Woman King's great. Also, um, People's Choice Award news, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness received the People's Choice Award for Best Movie of the Year. Boo. I'm going to look up the nominees real quick. The Peoples should not be having choice. This is why we shouldn't have a direct democracy. <laughs> this I'm just this is actually the perfect, the perfect 
illustration of what Davis originally conceived of the Ministry of Truth title as. He said, under his rule, it would be like 1984, but for movie opinions, which... Did I say that? Yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> in, a te- in a text message to me many moons ago, you did, and it was quite comical. Yeah, Doctor Strange 2, it's like, it's good. I, I don't have a lot of but problems with it. But it's not the it. best movie of the year. Um, the, this, oh my god. What's, oh gosh, what's the nominees? Let's <laughs> oh my god. Um, Doctor Strange might be like the worst of these nominees. Oh. Um, oh. So, the, the movie of 2022. Uh, Bullet Train, Doctor Strange oh, and the Bullet Multiverse of good. Madness. Bullet Train's good. Elvis. Jurassic World Dominion. Elvis Actually, no, Jurassic Brushman. World Dominion is I am about to say, did you Dr. see Strange. that movie? No. Okay. Yes, I did. Because, wow. Okay. Doctor Strange is not the worst. Either. Nope. The Batman, Thor Love and Thunder, and Top Gun Maverick. Oh, that may be the worst nominee list I've ever heard. It's garbage. Top Gun Maverick. Oh, yeah, no, no I know. Okay. Thor Love the, and Thunder does not deserve exactly. to be on any no. list. There are four movies on this list that I would say are good to great, and that's Nope, The Batman, Top Gun Maverick, and Elvis. Mm-hmm. And then it's the other four. Yeah. I'd put Bullet Train. I didn't on. like Bullet Train. I really I did. I really like it. It's on Netflix. I need to watch it. It's on it's Netflix. Fun. Yeah, just it's watch it on Netflix. Watch it. It's it's fine. it's very very fun. It's pretty funny. I, I enjoy it. Uh Aaron Taylor it's Johnson's really good Honestly, in it. Same with David Tyree Henry. Is that his name, right? Brian Tyree Henry. Brian Tyree Henry. You know, we can circle this back to here's the obvious problem, guys. Elvis clearly would have won if Colonel Tom Parker just wasn't in the movie, but you know, I'm I'm kidding. But that just continues my my ramblings against Tom Hanks. You for say that example. every miscast of the year. Introducing maybe oh the most God, annoying, so obnoxious, irritating character I've ever laid eyes upon. That that movie might have like the best scene of the year when he's singing If I Can Dream. Yes. Had me I, I was about to start. But clapping. the rest of the movie I was like God. The, the, the rest, like 12 hours sitting they in that fall, theater if I can for me. Do, and then Tom Parker's like, uh, what about the Christmas weather? And I'm like, no! To when be is fair, he going to sing the Sandy Claus? <laughs> I don't even think Colonel Tom Parker was the worst. The worst part was whenever they went into Memphis and then Vegas started playing by Doja Cat. Okay, uh, so just wait for Vegas to get nominated. At the that, that's that's just a... Oh, I don't like that, that style. That's a Baz Luhrmann moment yeah, right there. That's it what is. Baz Luhrmann does. Like, I can look, live with that. The thing is, I was like taken aback for a moment, but I was like, I I knew Baz was going to throw some weird song yeah. at us because that's what he did in Great Gatsby as well. And that Jay-Z was the whole. That. that was the whole. That's his whole entire he had Q-tip and gimmick. Uh, and I res- I respect his committed commitment to the gimmick. I'll say it. It's crazy. He's crazy. He's, but hey, like obviously, he hip hop is my favorite genre. Like I love Q-tip. I love Doja. Denzel's on the Elvis soundtrack, and I love oh, Denzel. Yeah. That song's good. Uh, but I don't. Like it when Baz Luhrmann does that. I, I don't either. I don't either. It's just, just, it just among my issues off. of yeah, the movie. It takes hey, me out of the film. Look, I wasn't even noticing because Austin Butler was strutting around as Elvis, and I was like, "Wow, look at that! It's Elvis. He did good. Guy, guy I, like, is, I like Elvis. It's Elvis. I give it. A, it's, I have, I have a positive feeling towards. I give it like a six point five to a seven. I give it a six. I'm going. I go higher by the day though. Like I do like it more. I updated my Oscar predictions for this year earlier today. Um, I've had Elvis on the outside for Best Picture for the entire year because I think it's pretty polarizing. And I finally bit the bullet and put it in to my best picture lineup for the year. What is with your ten? My ten for predictions. All right. What are you? What do you have? Oh, as best my picture. Yeah. So what's my personal best picture, or what's the what my you predict's gonna be predicting? There. Okay. So I've got. I, I can pull it up real quick. I've got. Currently, I have Women Talking as winner for best picture. I, I think that movie. Seen. I haven't even heard of that. Uh, it comes out late December. Just oh, okay. keep an eye That's on why. it. It's, That's why. It's just keep an eye on it. I think that movie's Ooh. gonna be really good. Um, I have everything everywhere all at once getting nominated. We'll see. I hope so. There's I have. We all hope yeah. so. It's going to be a riot if not. Exactly. <laughs> it's very much not an Oscars thing. Um, I have The Fablemans, Steven Spielberg's new movie. 
Oh yeah, I need to see. I'm, it's, it's at the Crest. I'm gonna go see that tomorrow. I think. I'm gonna go see when You'll I go, go home. You gonna see it tomorrow? No, no, I got. I got. I go wait. I'm going to see with my dad and grandpa. I don't have anything to do. I kind of want to go see. Sorry to say. Uh, number four, I have the Banshees of Inisherin. That's Martin McDonald's oh, new movie. Yeah. I just saw that for the uh, for the first time uh, last weekend. It's really great. Um, I I would be surprised if that doesn't get in. I have Top Gun Maverick in. Ooh, really? Yeah. I, th- uh-huh. I think I think the whole oh my gosh, guys, it's an action movie with like care behind it is enough to put it in. It's it's the only movie this year that's like if American Sniper that gets nominated. Mark, it's. Yeah, exactly. I I don't see how it doesn't. They've get nominated in. worse movies. Exactly. It's gonna be don't like. Don't look up. It's they did nominate. <laughs> don't look up. It's <laughs> they yeah, did. No. I like that movie, but they did nominate it. I'll yes. admit. Uh, anyway. Um, I have Tar getting in. Mm, it's gonna yeah. be the critic favorite over the entire year, and deservedly so. It's an amazing movie. I'm still holding on to Babylon, even though it has those polarizing reviews. Um, he's. I would say Damien Chazelle's hard for a them lot. to overlook. Yeah, but. The first man didn't get nominated for best picture, so that's true. It didn't. Did it? I, I I don't know if they could. They could just overlook him, but we'll see. We'll I the ha- first original script that kind of got overlooked. Yeah. Oh yeah, I guess so. Um, I still have Avatar: The Way of Water. Um, I think the movie's going to be popular enough to get it in, but I also feel weird having two action sequels yeah. in. That's. But I mean, you know, the thing is, I think I think comic book movies have so negatively impacted the action movie genre exactly. that people are like oh my gosh anything like, other than they that, put let's thought do it. behind exactly. it let's let's give it a billion a, like a bunch of like that's really how i how i think it'll go yeah honestly um right now i have elvis at nine mm. uh it's kind of back and forth but right now i have austin butler winning best actor so i kind of have to put it in picture that's kind of my if rami malik can win for bohemian rhapsody then austin butler almost has, has to win he's better than rami malik was but taron edgerton didn't get nominated for rocket man true so true but he, he was he was, he was good in rocket he's Man. better than like Ter- or than rami malik was I, so. i'm pretty sure joaquin phoenix's johnny cash was better than rami malik and that exactly. was that was 11 or not even 11 that was 16 years yeah, ago. yeah exactly and it is like a very popular if you play a historical figure especially like Ray, um, Jamie Foxx Jamie won Fox. for Ray, yep. and you know, other yeah, stuff like that. They love yeah. that. I mean, Gary Oldman won for Darkest Hour, playing yep. Winston Churchill. They, I mean, we talked about Eddie Redmayne earlier. I mean, they love that. Um, this year, it, his main competition is Brendan Fraser for the Whale. So we'll see how that plays out. Ooh, Ooh so I, so I, like I think Brendan Fraser. I, I'll, I'll leave us I with this. It. I think a lot of Elvis is a good contender to get Best Picture for two reasons. One, I think um, they love a good biopic to get a bet. Oh, yeah. And number two, I think there's enough voters that will view that movie the same way I view that movie, where I just pretend Tom Hanks' character yeah. doesn't exist. And, then it's <laughs> and without it, it, I mean, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. The problem is he's there. Yeah, and he he just he just exists and, exactly. And the only other critique I really have with that movie is that it doesn't delve into as serious topics as I would have liked it to. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, and, but that's that's the biopic curse at this point they just don't address things like they should and they really haven't but i mean i think it's definitely because i think there's enough voters that will just go okay like yeah but the, if i can dream scene is like the best scene exactly. of the year so it so, doesn't yeah. like it just doesn't really matter well. yeah. it is a great song it is like i think i think it's just a lock for that reason and i think yeah. i think avatar might not get best picture but it's going to get every other technical nomination because exactly. he's james cameron is gonna do yeah. it because his writing aside He's gonna unobtainium. He can't have again. Him. Again, <laughs> aside from or, that, that very, very poor. I saw something. So this was an interesting retort. Actually, I know we're keep, sorry. One last thing, Davis. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, somebody you're said. Fine. Somebody said. People complaining about not being able to remember the name of Jake Sully oh from gosh. from Avatar. I actually did remember from Avatar. Uh, how many how many characters can you name from Inception? Which <laughs> I thought was because film Twitter loves Inception, yeah. but. 
I, I mean, I can I just say the actors. I, I'm good with yeah. name recognition, exactly. like because I know I know what Cobb, Cobb I think and Saito, because yeah. Saito's the most memorable name there. Like, but then, like, what is Tom Hardy's character's name? I forget. I don't Tom think Hardy. they tell his Tom name. Hardy. Tom Hardy. His name Tom Hardy. Yeah. Killian Murphy. Like what? Yeah. I'm just, so it's just it, it, I have my own beat with that. We'll we'll expand upon that in the um in the Avatar episode that we're going to be doing, yeah. of course. But anyway, I think that just about well, wraps. Oh, what do we what 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 if we watch? What if we read, Alex? Oh, anything I, I new? I just kind of gave that up. Oh, I got one more. I'm not giving that up. I'm not giving it up. Oh, he's got one. Sorry, I got one more. Sorry, sorry. That's my bad. Uh, no, you're all good. Um, wrap us up. I always. I'll wrap us up with kind of my, my big swing and best picture that I'm taking. Every year when I'm making these predictions, I, I say, hold that 10 spot for something really crazy and weird that I don't think is going to happen, but I also think it could. I was deciding, I was like, could I, do I want to do The Whale, Brendan Fraser, Darren yes. Aronofsky movie? And I took it out. I was like, I don't think it's going to happen. So I was, I was like, what else can I do? What else am I looking at? I had a couple ideas and... The one I'm reaching for, and this is a big reach, is Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Oh, wow. Ooh. Intriguing discourse. I, that, this would be the first animated movie to be nominated for Best Picture since Toy Story 3 in 2010. Wow. And wow. honestly, if there's any movie in the last decade that can do it, I think it's this one. Well, Spider-Verse. Comes out tomorrow. <laughs> Technically, though, the based on based on our current thing, uh, the it'll be the second because Avatar: Way of Water is probably going to be the most anime. I mean, <laughs> I guess like, you're right. Yeah. I mean, I don't yeah. even believe the people in that movie are going to be real at this point. CG, I'm not yeah, exactly. But it was what have you been reading or watching since you brought that up? So I just wanted to bring up this concept that we can discuss more on our next episode. <laughs> this is going to be the longest episode ever. We, we, I'm going to be quick with it. Go ahead. No, so go ahead. recently, I was with some friends and we watched Bullet Train. The first hour of Bullet Train. We watched Hell or High Water in the middle of that, and then we finished Bullet Train. <laughs> that's, the, the, that's how you're supposed to experience Optimal. Bullet Train. It was, it was awesome. Clearly. So while we were watching Hell or High Water, we were just like, man, dudes rock. <laughs> oh, so yeah. There's this, there's this whole concept of movies that we decided are called dudes rock movies. Yes. Like, you just watch them. Like, there's, there's, like a, just there's a relationship between the guys. Like, they're hanging out. They're doing stuff. And you're just like. Dudes rock. There's yeah. also a girls rock movie for sure. Mm. Oh no, there's many there's girls rock movies. But we, as as us three guys that were talking about the dudes rock, we didn't want to be like make the girls rock spectrum and mess it up. Exactly. We, yeah. we 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 don't have as much say in that. We don't understand it as well. But the dudes rock. I'm just gonna, gonna ex- explain our spectrum that we made for it. There's there's an X and a Y axis. Okay. X axis is um unhappy to happy. Okay. And then the y-axis is lawful to unlawful. Okay, okay. So unlawful unhappy would be like hell or high water. Yes. Unlawful happy, oceans. Okay. Happy lawful, Bill and Ted. Sure. Oh! I... And you just put like dudes rock movies that are on there, but people don't seem to understand what a dudes rock movie is because someone put American Psycho on the no. spectrum that I made. Oh, Not wait, wait who? I don't know. I walked, wait. it was on the board. Oh, there. it was on, oh, I'll show, I have it. I okay, made it. Let me, let me see the picture. I want to see this, which is actually, it's not, it's not definitive. This, this There's is, a lot of stuff little, that could be on it. This is a little through the lens Easter egg. This reminds me of a previous idea that Davison had. Davis and I had for a segment idea, which was the Tom Cruise crazy scale, yeah, which yeah, was yeah. just rating people based on certain Tom Cruise freakouts. It never came to fruition because we couldn't figure out exactly how to do it. It was Fletch, hard. Fletcher would be on there yeah. somewhere. Fletcher would be on like the jumping on the couch thing. Uh, let's see. Uh, so it, it, can y'all think of while Alex is looking at that? Can you think of any dude rock movies? I can. Uh, we can decide where it falls real quick. <laughs> Let me think. Um, just I think you like, could literally say every rock. single Clint Eastwood Western. Rocky three, that's all the, of them. So the issue is with that. It's like there has to be. We that's, decided it has to be like a relationship between guys. Okay. Well, I, like, I think Good, Bad, and the Ugly has some of that. 
I, that's why I said Good Magley should, yes. but then like Fistful of Dollars and stuff. Fistful, no. Where's that's American a one Psycho? Person. I don't see it. Oh, I, that was, bu- that oh, was after right. I took the photo. I erased yeah, yeah. it after that. Good. I mean, you, you pass it around, Logan. I know who it is. I'm not going to reveal it on the podcast. So. Would you like to <laughs> see the, this Talks is the graph <laughs> that no. I have? So, that, so I really it. like Lord of the Rings being on there. I also really like war movies being, because that, like Fury, mm-hmm. Black Hawk Down is probably the best example. It's, it's the biggest part is that there's a relationship between the guys, like familiar or not. Like like Hell or High Water, so the bro- Hell or High Water, so the brotherly relationship. Yeah. But then there's moments where they're just like, hey, they're drinking beers, or hanging out with each That's other. It's a great movie, man. And you're just like, I'm probably gonna go. Sheridan watch was Sheridan was in his it. bag with that with that. Just script. think oh, about I got, it. I got two. Oh, what do you got? Dude Rock movies. Dude Rock. Um, Rocky Three, obviously. The the oh, jumping together yeah. on the beach. Yep. That's just the. But okay. and then I have the end of the tour. That, yeah. No, it's, end of the tour, absolutely. Because I'm reading Infinite Jest right now, so that's why. I'm so I, sorry. <laughs> I don't even – honestly, that I feel bad that that name is not even registering in End my of the head. tour is – what is – Davis Foster Wallace, you know that is? Oh, yes, I it's, do. Jason Siegel and Jesse Eisenberg. The whole oh. movie is just Jason Siegel and Jesse Eisenberg talking. So. Oh, yeah. excellent, excellent. Well, I think nothing like a Dude's, dudes rock, rock segment yeah. to end. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get a episode. girl to talk about a Girl's Rock. We, we thought of some Girl's Rock, like Thamel Elise is definitely a Girl's Rock no movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but oh. we do, the spectrum's going to have to be different, we feel like. I'll go ahead and say two phenomenal Girl's Rock movies are Legally Blonde and Clueless. Yes, those were, those, all, we, those were on Those ours. movies are incredible. I adore Clueless. Yes. I love Clueless so much. Would you say Superbad Ocean, is a Ocean's Rock 8 movie? Technically, yes. Ocean's 8 would be a Girl's Rock movie. This movie with Melissa McCarthy and Sandra Bullock called The Heat oh, God, when they're both the <laughs> That movie is, is the stupidest movie I've ever seen, but it, it, is, it would qualify. Girl's Rock. Sure. It's that that's people, people at home think about it. Character. Think about some dudes Old rock and school. girls rock movies. If you can think of a girls rock spectrum, hit us up. Send us some things our way. And with that, guys, I'm gonna turn off all your microphones because it's time to go. Thanks to everyone for tuning into the final episode of 2022. At least, possibly. Who knows? We hope you enjoyed this action-packed and somewhat emotional episode. And if you have any thoughts on Whiplash, La La Land, or Damien Chazelle's other works, you can reach out to the show directly by following us on Instagram at through the lens W-E-G-L. We'll be off for a short time, but do not worry, do not fret. We will be back in early January for a huge episode on the Avatar movies with Adrian Rushing stepping into the studio. This is Alex Houston alongside my co-host, colleague, and color man Davis Carroll, joined by returning guest Josh Wilbur and Logan Hurston. Signing off, and we will see you real soon. But until then, happy holidays to all. And yes, Die Hard is still a Christmas movie.